everybody. Welcome to all those who are either simultaneously watching the Trump rally or who are not watching the Trump rally. We tend to lose a lot of viewers on the Trump rally night, but that's okay. You probably heard everything he's got to say anyway. I have. I'm already convinced. Definitely vote for Trump. Everybody knows that. Just to start off tonight, let me put this picture up for everybody. I want want to just lay out my usual argument to you. Fauci to speak. This is from justthenews.com. Fauci to speak at festival alongside Hillary Clinton, Stacey Abrams, failed gubernatorial candidate from Georgia, lost to Governor Kemp, Black and Black Lives Matter founder, I believe it's Alicia Garza, at Atlantic Festival. It will be virtual this year, of course. So I wanted to just lay out for everybody. You ever see Anthony Fauci at a Trump rally? You ever see Anthony Fauci at anything conservative whatsoever? Again, it is all the same lies. You have the perpetrator and the propagator of the COVID response hoax, Anthony Fauci, along with Deborah Burks, but just Fauci at the conference, speaking alongside Hillary Clinton, Alicia Garza, and Stacey Abrams. So you have the Black Lives Matter cultists along with the COVID-19 cultists speaking next to each other. Again, advocating their false narrative. I told you, it is all the same lie. You've got both lies coming together in a single conference right there. Virtual conference, of course, because none of them can risk the 99.9% survival rate from COVID. So like I've said from day one, this is all part of the exact same lie. You have the Black Lives Matter lie, which is at any minute, a white officer is going to gun down a black unarmed man at any second. That's a grievous threat to all black American citizens, which is a complete and total lie. A black man is far more apt, far more likely to be killed by another black man than police, let alone a white police officer. I'll show you all those stats again later. And then, of course, you've got right arm in arm with that, the lie that COVID is an existential threat to all human beings. And by the way, new data has come out. If you're 90 years old, 90 years old, and you catch COVID, that's if you ever catch it, you have a 16% chance of dying if you're 90. 16% chance of dying if you catch COVID. If you're 80, you've got a 7% chance of dying. And everybody's out there wearing masks for what exactly? And, you know, but there, once again, you've got the two uh, very much in camaraderie lies with one another. Black Lives Matter partnered up with Hillary Clinton, partnered up with the perpetuator of the other lie, Anthony Fauci. Just proof they're all in this together. It's all about socialism. It is all about the Democratic Party unseating Trump, either legally or legally or illegally. I don't know if they they have no chance of doing it legally. That's what all the mail-in stuff is over. But I just wanted you to see where the Fouch hangs out on weekends. All right, now we all know about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, I'm not going to do what everybody else does. I'm not going to sit here and speak in glowing terms of her. You know, I'm not going to denigrate her either. Personally, I'm just going to talk about her politically. That's it. I'm not going to sit here and say thank you so much for your service. She did not do anything for this country that was positive. She may have voted for a few things here and there, but on the whole, she didn't. So I'm not going to sit here and act like she did. Thank you so much for your service. I'm not going to do it, nor would she for me. I don't, I don't see when any uh, 
big name conservative dies that anybody pays any proper respect to him. The only one they paid respect for is John McCain, who they who they accused of colluding with the Russians while when he ran for president. Or, you know, if Mitt Romney were to die, that, that, they'd all pay reverence to him. The one that they accused of dragging his dog along the side of the road via leash that he, leash that he forgot to uh, or left his dog tied up to the top of the roof or something like that. There are lies about him. There are lies about his misogyny. They've forgotten about all that. It was all lies. None of that he was guilty of. He's a spineless little turncoat worm. But the things that the liberal media said about him wasn't true. But... Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she died at 87, was an activist judge from the Gateway Pundit to the end, as reported by NPR in a quote from Ginsburg via her granddaughter. This is what this was a quote hours before her death or days before her death, just days before her death, as her strength waned. This is a quote from her granddaughter. Ginsburg dictated this statement to her granddaughter, Clara Spera. What a name, Clara Spera. Who names their kids these things? Most. My most fervent wish, this is quote from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. My most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. That's what she was saying on her dying days is that I will. My most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. The activist judge, this gateway pundit had spoken out against president Trump, the electoral college and the constitution. Continuing on, already tonight, this was yesterday, Minority Leader Senator Chuck Schumer announced that the vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. Chucky, you're not getting a new president. You're getting Trump again. Be ready for it. Mentally prepare yourself, Chucky. That was quick. Worthless rhino Lisa Murkowski says she will not vote for a Supreme Court for the next Supreme court justice nominee until after election day, she's been joined by, of course, you knew it was coming. Susan Collins again, just what is going on? First of all, with Maine electing, I believe it's, I can't remember. I think Murkowski's Alaska and Collins is Maine. I believe I can't remember for sure. One of them's from Maine. Did I get that right? Okay, good. I got it right. So, what on earth is going on in those two states that you would elect anybody? If you're a Republican, why would you ever pull the lever for Lisa Murkowski or Susan, Susan Collins? Why would you ever? They're not at all Republicans whatsoever. And they're already saying, once they, they, they jabbed Kavanaugh too, I believe that at the end, I can't remember whether it was Collins or Murkowski, I can't remember which one at the end ended up voting for Kavanaugh. One of them didn't. I think Collins voted for him, but I'm not sure. But we can just wait. You know who's up next is will be Mittens Romney. Mittens, I wonder what Mittens going to do. There he is. Look at those little beady eyes. Another turncoat, spineless little worm. All that he cares about is himself. He's thinking someday if he panders enough to Democrats, that someday he'll win the presidency. Never going to happen, Mittens. They'll never love you that much, ever. All right, here's a, here's a great story. Now, this is right. this is local. This is right here. Sarasota County, Florida, but just know that this is being voted in, according to Glenn Beck, in 127 different locations in the United States. These sorts of programs, I can't say exactly, they come from the United Nations. I can't say that this one did, but similar ones come from the United Nations, from the World Health Organization. You know, you have many health department directors now stipulating and calling racism a grievous threat to public health. How that makes any sense, I don't know. But 
these programs are being disseminated into our school systems like an unrighteous, disgusting vaccine. They are, they are being shot into the bloodstream all over this country of educational systems, all over. They're being voted on. Texas is voting a very similar on a very similar program right now. But this is from Scoop News 915. Parents let the school board have it over pushing Brain Pop. That's the program we're discussing tonight. It's called Brain Pop, spelled just like that. Feel free to Google it. None of these people are ashamed of what they say. We're bothered by it. We're offended by it. They're not offended by it whatsoever. Brain Pop and Black Lives Matter 100% believe in their, pro- in their propaganda. 100%. We're bothered by it. It offends us, but it's the answer for them. Brain Pop with the Black Lives Matter platform out to students. Put that picture up. This is just an example. I'll show you a lot more later. And this is for elementary school students. That's, that's what that's for. Seven-year-olds. Black Lives Matter. I can't believe I can't breathe. End police violence. That goes to elementary school students, young as six or seven years old. From the Brain Pop website. I went there myself. This is all from me. At Brain, this is quote from their website website. At Brain Pop, we are devastated and deeply disturbed by the senseless murder of George Floyd. George Floyd was not murdered. You have to have premeditation. The courts will decide what level of punishment, if any, Derek Chauvin should get. However, it was not murder. So once, you know, first, you know, first mistake or first grievous lie. Murder of George Floyd and many other black Americans. We stand in solidarity with the black community in declaring that black lives matter. And we, and we are inspired by the thousands upon thousands of people coming together to demand justice and protests across the country and around the world. They stand in solidarity with black lives matter. This is going into the Sarasota County, Florida school system. It hasn't, it isn't going in. It's already been in. People are not happy about it. In support of our mission to empower kids to shape the world around them and within them, we produced a new movie. Now, now let's look at one of the parents' responses to this. You have that video ready for me? Play that for me. You are to protect my child. My child. My seven-year-old, who is in second grade at Lakeview Elementary School, that has to clean his own partitions, carry it with him to cafeteria, and take off his mask, and eat his food, and not socialize with his friends, because you're sitting here doing what? What are you doing? Yes, I'm irate, because you don't respond to emails. You don't respond to all of these people in here who want to help. We want to help, but you can troll on Facebook. I'm sorry, I watched the YouTube chat. And um, I'm sorry, whoever said there was only four, I believe it was you, sir. You said there was four on today, there was over 60. Over 60, and I was multiple comments because again, I am a concerned tax-paying parent. You wanna take my money? Teach my child math, science, social studies, PE, art. That's what she's asking. She's like, you know what? We don't need your brain pop Black Lives Matter agenda being taught 
to a seven-year-old. You can put that pick up. This is taken, this, this is not in Sarasota County, but this is taken, this is a picture taken in a classroom where you're not allowed to put anything up at all. You're not allowed to put anything up about, let's say, um, you know, some about Trump. You're not allowed to put anything up there about, um, you know, pro-police, blue lives matter. That's not allowed to be put up, but you can't put that up. You can't put up other things. I mean, whatever your cause may be, you're not allowed to put that up. But Black Lives Matter is the exception to all of those rules in the public school system. And just so everybody knows, I have lots of experience with the public school system. The public school system is absolutely dominated, absolutely dominated by the Democratic Party. Absolutely dominated. Nine out of every 10 teachers is a registered, fervent Democrat. There are exceptions, of course. That's why I said 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, whatever. 80 or 90% of the teachers that are teaching your kids are fervent, devout Democrats. That's why this has been allowed into the school system. Now, what I did was I went to the website and I pulled up the the video that they are putting out, the movie that they made, and it's got some very interesting parts to it. Play the first clip for me. But the protests we're seeing today aren't really about that sort of thing. They're about structural racism in our society, a built-in system of bias that makes life easier for white people and more difficult for black people and other people of color. It puts them at greater risk for poverty, unemployment, and disease. Structural racism is a factor in some disturbing trends. Black people are nearly six times more likely than whites to be imprisoned. That's a lie. And black men are killed by police at more than twice the rate of white That's men. That's a bold face lie. Like on May 25th, 2020. That's when a black man named George Floyd died in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He was killed by a white police officer. During an arrest, Officer Derek Chauvin pulled Mr. Floyd to the ground. Chauvin knelt on his neck and stayed there for close to nine minutes. All right, back to me. Now that's being showed to seven-year-olds in Sarasota County Schools. And this is being voted on all over the country, pushed and propagated by the World Health Organization, pushed and propagated by the United Nations, pushed and propagated by by the Democratic Party and George Soros all over the nation. Play the next clip for me. All around the world. Thousands of marches took place in the month following Floyd's death. These demonstrations have been overwhelmingly peaceful. Though, if you've been <laughs> right, watching the news. <laughs> see? Do you see? These, these this, has been, this is being shown to a seven-year-old. It's being shown to a seven-year-old. That the, Why would they need to say these protests have been overwhelmingly peaceful? Do you actually think that a seven-year-old is documenting? Mm, let's see tonight. Are the pro- Hey, mom, are the protests peaceful tonight or are they not peaceful? Do you really think a seven-year-old needs to see that? But here we are once again. You know, they have to push some... This is seven-year-olds. How in the... What, what does that have to do with a seven-year-old? All right, play the next video for me. Three community organizers started the Black Lives Matter hashtag because the verdict seemed to be saying that Trayvon Martin's life didn't matter. A year later, a police officer killed 18-year-old Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Brown was unarmed when he was shot multiple times. All right, now look how they're showing Michael Brown. Shall we look at that? Michael Brown in a graduation uniform. What really happened? 
Michael Brown had just committed a robbery, was stopped by the officer, and then tried to grab the officer's gun out of his out of his holster while the officer was seated in his car, ran at the officer and was shot after committing a robbery. Play the video for me. The officer wasn't charged. As you should Protests have swept Ferguson and spread throughout the country. That's when Black Lives Matter grew into a movement, raising awareness about senseless deaths that might otherwise have gone unnoticed. Like those of Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, Freddie Gray, Monica Diamond, Breonna Taylor, and so many others. The protester called. So again, that's real appropriate for seven-year-olds. That's why there was numerous parents. I only showed one. Numerous parents that went to the school board meeting and were absolutely irate. And to show you once again that these things are hand in hand, same school board. The Sarasota County School Board from Scoop News 916 voted 5-0 to continue with their mask mandate for staff and students. So everyone must wear a mask in Sarasota County schools. In all school buildings and all buses, the mask must cover their nose and mouth. The extension is through June of 2021. So they extended their mask mandate for the entire school year. And the article says, yes, June of 2021. No kidding. This extension replaces the original 90-day mask mandate. Again, so the Black Lives Matter lie propagated to the students. The COVID-19 response lie propagated to the students. There's not a student in Sarasota County Schools. There's not one student there. I believe there's 38,000 students. There's not one student that's more susceptible to COVID than they are the flu. In all actuality, there's not one student who's not more susceptible to the flu than COVID. There's seven to 20 times more likely to die of the flu from age zero to 18 than you are of COVID-19. And so they all have to wear a mask. Again, remember remember what I told you earlier. If you're 90 and you caught COVID, you have a 16% chance of dying. If you're 80, you've got a 7% chance of dying. What's this have to do with public schools? Absolutely nothing. Just to read a little bit about what the, the people are that the Sarasota County School Board is, and this is for everybody. This may seem local. It's not. Please pull up and see for your own, you know, check out your own school system and see what it is that they are spoon feeding your children. Check and see what they're spoon. That that was going to be shown. Who knows how many hundreds or thousands of times throughout this year, you know, the next year, however long until somebody actually found out about it. And thank God that parents had enough spine to stand up for themselves and to stand up for their kids. But they, you know, again, brain pop. Being shown to the students of Sarasota County and hundreds of thousands of others, millions maybe, throughout this country, stands in lockstep with Black Lives Matter, which is a devout Marxist organization run by Patrice Cullors, a devout Marxist. Got her information here. By Opal Tometi, another one. The three ladies in the picture. And by, and, and by Alicia Garza. There they all are. Two of them, Alicia Garza, and Patrice Cullors are devout Marxists and they are committed to the disillusion to the, um, to the taking of, I'm not using the right words, not disillusion, but 
the dissolving of the American family, the, you know, the, just the normal for mother, father family. That's what they are. I pulled it up on their website. We fought, this is, this is from their website and this is what's being propagated to our students. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages. This is from their website. We foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual. We know that the police don't keep us safe. And as long as we continue to pump money into our corrupt criminal justice system at the expense of housing, health, and educational investments, we will never be truly safe. We are self-reflexive, and we do the work required to dismantle, dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk. What does this have to do with Black Lives Matter? Especially blacks, black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. That's the Black Lives Matter website. That's the Black Lives Matter movement. So let's also look at this. They talked about how dangerous the police are in that video. Uh, you know, any minute now, some horrible, monstrous white police officer is going to go out and gun down black people without thinking twice about it. Well, let's look at the true statistics coming from the FBI UCR statistical database. A police officer is 18.5 times more likely to be killed by a black man than an unarmed black man is to be killed by the police. Number two, last year, the police killed nine, nine unarmed black men, nine total last year, 19 unarmed whites in 2019. Number three, 50 cops are shot and killed every year. That's being destroyed this year. It's, it's up by 40%, up by 40%. So five times as many cops are killed each year than unarmed black men. Number four, either... You know what we call these on this show? Facts! You can believe the cartoony brain pop crap all you want. These are facts. Number four, 1,000 people are killed each year by the police. 600 whites, 200 blacks, and then the other nationalities or races. Number five, 2018, there were 7,400 black homicide victims. That's one half of the nation's total. Black homicide victims, 200 of them are killed by the police, but they make up half of the nation's total. 97% were killed by other black people. I wonder if that's on the Brain Pop video. Hey, Aaron, I'm just kidding, but rewind that for me and check and see if that's on the Brain Pop video. That 97% of black homicide victims are killed by other blacks. Let's rewind that and let's see if that's on the Brain Pop video. Don't think so. 2.7% of those homicide victims are killed by the police. In almost all cases, the suspect was armed. Number six, the number one cause of death for young black males is homicide. Almost always at the hand of another young black male. Facts. Number seven, one in 700 black homicide victims were killed by police where the black suspect is unarmed. In other words, 699 out of 700 are killed by somebody else. Chance of being killed by the police while black. Point zero zero 
0.0006%. And there goes LeBron out on TV saying that it's the wanton desire of black of white police officers to hunt down and kill black men. 0.00006% chance. For a white person, it's it's more. 0.0001%. So white are three whites are three times more likely to be killed. Whoops, LeBron. Whoops. There you go. I think I got all the rest of these, so I'm not even going to read them. I'll read you this. Uh, by race numbers of people killed by the police over the last couple of years. Killed by the police. You ready? 2017. Trying to figure out how to read, <laughs> read my stat sheet. I lost, kind of lost my spot here. It doesn't really, it doesn't, I'll skip it. I got, I read all the important stuff. But anyway, so there we are. That's where we stand. That's how, that's, that's the true stats of it all. There, there's what's what's the point of putting out that video, and what's the point of putting out that video to a seven-year-old? All right, on to the next subject from Breitbart 916. The domestic terrorists in Antifa and Black Lives Matter have accomplished one thing: the most costly riots in the history of our country. This is from this isn't even from a right-wing source. Breitbart is reporting from Axios. They got this story from Axios. Property Claim Services, a company that tracks insurance claims filed due to riots and the like, found that the left-wing riots that occurred between May 26th and this stopped on June 8th. They were the most expensive, they were the most costly riots in American history, which includes the 60s, up to June 8th. What, what is today, September 18th? 19th, September 19th today. So th this doesn't even count for that. This is, I mean, actually there's months after this of rioting. All, basically all of June, all of July and all of August hasn't even been tabulated in this yet. Of this year could reach 2 billion in insurance claims. If you add up the insurance cost in 2020 dollars for all six major American riots during the turbulent 1960s, the total is a little shy of 1.2 billion, which means the terrorists and Antifa and Black Lives Matter caused more mayhem and property damage in little over a week than this country saw for all of the 60s. And imagine what it is now, September 19th. Just imagine what the total. It was 2 billion back on June 8th. Imagine what it is now because Kenosha hadn't even happened yet there it wasn't even nearly as bad in Portland yet at that time it started in Seattle and then it went really bad in Portland this number is gonna who knows how high it's gonna be all right from the gateway pundit this is very disturbing absolutely very disturbing to see the highest ranks in law enforcement live in such denial and be so delusional FBI Director Christopher Ray on Thursdays from the Gateway Pundit 917 said white supremacists make up the largest share of racially motivated terrorists in the United States. Okay, now, do you remember the article that I just read? White supremacists? Okay, these are the, the most costly riots in American history. All the riots cumulatively from 
the 60s don't add up to what was done between May 26th and June 8th, let alone May 26th to September 19th. And yet Christopher Ray on Thursday of this week, it's only it's Saturday now, it's only two days ago. Two days ago, Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, says that white supremacists make up the largest share of racially motivated terrorists in the United States. Is Antifa not racially motivated? Is Black Lives Matter not racially motivated? Name the last, I mean, listen, nobody believes in white supremacy that has a brain, but let's look at it logically, shall we? Name the last white supremacist riot. Go. Go ahead, name it, please, name it. Go ahead. Joe Joe Biden says he got into the, the race because of what Trump said about the racially motivated attack in Charlottesville, which Trump never said, absolutely proven. He didn't say it, but whatever. So name it. Please name the white supremacist riot. Name the last one. Nobody's defending white supremacy any more than I defend black supremacy. Don't care what the color of your skin is. Could care less. That's racist if you say that, by the way, now. He says, I don't have the numbers for you. Admitting he has no evidence whatsoever to back up his insane claims, writes the Gateway Pundit. Play the video for me. And I think the thing that we're all struggling with is, you know, there are these homegrown terrorists of every flavor and type, but just in the number of either cases or arrests, how many of them are white supremacist? What is the, if not the exact number, is it the same as other types of domestic terrorism? Is it higher? Just give us a level of, of uh, approximate numbers. Well, what I can tell you is that within, um, within the domestic terrorism bucket, category as a whole, racially motivated violent extremism is I think the biggest bucket within that larger group. And within the racially motivated violent extremist bucket, uh, people uh, ascribing to some kind of white supremacist type um, ideology is, is certainly the, the biggest chunk of that. Okay, that's very helpful. I don't have numbers helpful. for you. That, yeah. That's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, Ray actually went on to say that Antifa was not a group or organization. This is the head of the FBI says that Antifa is not a group or organization. Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter Marxists are burning down buildings, gateway pundit writing, shaking down businesses, terrorizing white people, dining outdoors, and threatening white people in their homes. There you go. That, this is what Christopher Ray says is not organized. This is not, this is not an organization. This is not a group. And the number one threat to America when it comes to racial violence is white supremacists? Where, I mean... It's amazing that somebody has the gall to sit in a congressional hearing and actually spew that stuff to the American people. It's ab- I mean, it's absolutely incredible that you, I mean, you almost have to give the guy credit. I mean, the only reason why he's still there is because there's an election coming up in 50 days. Otherwise, Ray would be fired. He is a delusional deep state hack who is actually as dumb as Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler said that it's a that that Antifa is a myth. Christopher Ray saying the same thing. And again, I, I just can't get past this report. I can't get past it. The most costly riots in American history 
America costing over $2 billion in one week. That's May 26th to June 8th, let alone May 26th to September 19th. The most costly riots in American history are Black Lives Matter riots and Antifa riots. And Christopher Ray says that Black that Antifa doesn't even exist as an organization, as the head of the FBI, quoting Die Hard. Look at what Nadler says. It is true. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now? That's, that's, that, in- that's a myth that's being spread only in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Truly amazing. I mean, yeah, again, you almost have to give these people a little bit of credit for their goal. It's truly amazing that you would actually be able to live in that level of denial. Absolutely unbelievable. All right, from ABC7 LA. And we've been hearing, you've been hearing things like, oh, and by the way, it came from the FBI that, you know, people that are starting these wildfires out West, Oregon, California, all these wildfires, Washington, that it's not Black Lives Matter. It's not Antifa. And nobody really knows yet, but you know what? There's some interesting people that are popping up that actually started them. Here's one right here. This guy got caught. His name is Michael Bacala, 41. I mean, come back to me. Hey, Mike, you ever think about getting a job? Does it ever cross your mind at all to move out of your mother's basement to remove the Snuggies from yourself and actually go and work somewhere? He was caught. Was This guy, Michael Bacula, was jailed on two charges of arson, 15 counts of criminal mischief, 14 counts of reckless endangering for a fire that was set Tuesday in Phoenix. It's Phoenix, Oregon. It really is. In, Phoenix, in the Phoenix area of Southern Oregon. Oregon, coupled with this guy that we put up on Thursday, this man was arrested after a minute. He used a Molotov cocktail to start a brush fire in Portland. But again, you know, it's all just rumor and innuendo. There can't be anything insidious behind this. Right, Christopher Ray? Now, this is the latest thing. Now, this next video I'm going to show you, I'm going to break it up into two parts. It's a little lengthy. It's about almost, I show almost four minutes worth of video, but stay with it. It's Tucker. You can't get any better than Tucker's opening monologue. If you don't DVR Tucker's opening monologue, watch me first and make sure you're DVR, DVRing Tucker's opening monologue. I watch them all the time. But this is about what happened in Nashville. Those are, I mean, it's unreal. They were hiding COVID stats to keep businesses Closed. Play the video for me. Americans want to trust their government, but few still do. There's too much evidence that the COVID regime is political and our leaders are lying about it. Tonight, there is conclusive proof of that. A remarkable story. A reporter with the Fox 17 TV station in Nashville, a man called Dennis Ferrier, caught that city's top officials hiding key health statistics and for no justifiable reason. Ferrier uncovered a series of emails between the mayor's office, that would be Nashville Mayor John Cooper, who is a Democrat, and the city's health department. In those emails, city officials discussed the fact that only a very low number of coronavirus cases have been traced to bars and restaurants in the city. As of June 30th of this year, for example, nursing homes and construction sites in Nashville each produced more than 1,000 cases of the coronavirus. Bars and restaurants, just 22 cases total. Numbers like this could be great news for the city of Nashville. Bars and restaurants have been suffering there for months under crushing COVID restrictions. Thousands of workers have been laid off. Many businesses have gone under. Many more are on the brink. 
Over the summer, the mayor, Mayor Cooper, used the economic damage from his shutdowns to justify a massive 34% property tasking increase on residents of Nashville. All right, back to me for just a second. So let's look at what's happened so far. They're using false COVID stats. They're using, st- well, they, they didn't use false ones. What they did was they kept real COVID stats from the public. They hid real co- what COVID stats. It was showing that only 22 positive tests resulted from people being infected in bars and restaurants. Only 22, ready? Total, total had been infected in bars and restaurants. And John Cooper, of, I wonder what party he is. I wonder, let's think. I wonder what party John Cooper is. Hmm, let me use, let me stroke my beard of wisdom here. I wonder what party he is. Um, he's a demon rat, of course. He actually kept that knowledge from the public so that he could keep businesses closed. Actually, what he did was he raised property taxes by 34%. He used the COVID shutdown to raise, why would he raise property taxes 34%? Because he's lost probably 30 to 50% of all the businesses. So in order to raise the money from now closed businesses that can no longer pay taxes, he raised taxes 34%. That's the person we're dealing with. Play it for me. So he's an idiot. Yeah. That's what we're dealing with. Play the Tucker for me. Massive 34% property tasking increase on residents of Nashville. So quarantines have hurt that city quite a bit. Residents would have been thrilled to learn that bars and restaurants were safe once again. But the mayor refused to tell them that. He hid that information. After reviewing the new health numbers from bars and restaurants, a woman from the health department called Leslie Waller emailed this to Mayor Cooper's office. Quote, this isn't going to be publicly released, right? Just info for the mayor's office. A senior advisor to Mayor Cooper, Benjamin Eagles, responded this way, quote, correct, not for public consumption. Not for public consumption? Why would that be? These aren't the nuclear codes. This isn't national security information. It's public health data, or it should be public. A month later, a reporter in Nashville heard rumors that bars and restaurants there were safer than the city was admitting they were. So he emailed the health department to find out what exactly was going on, what are the numbers? Emails now show that behind the scenes, this simple request for transparency panicked city officials. They schemed among themselves to hide what they knew. Quote, we have certainly refused to give counts per bar, wrote one. Why is that? Why would they refuse to give those numbers? Here's the answer, and this is a direct quote. Because those numbers are low per site. Oh, the numbers are low, so we hide them. Hide all good news, that's the policy. Otherwise, the fear might subside, and our power along with it. Today, reporter Dennis Ferrier tried to get more information from the mayor. Why did the mayor's office lie about health information that could have helped the people of Nashville? The mayor wouldn't answer that question, of course. So instead, he sent his minion, a flat called Chris Song, to scold Farrier for daring to ask that question. Watch. We did ask for context yesterday, and we're told not just no comment, but FOIA us. And that doesn't really feel like a we're all in this together comment. What you should have done was to come back, tell me that you had validated those emails in, what, in, whatever, in whatever way that, 
in whatever way that you did. Because you you told us to FOIA, sir. You gave us, you said, go through legal channels to extract this information because we don't want to share it. I'll argue with you all day, but you're not going to talk to me like this and walk away. I will talk back to you in the same tone. That this is, you know, this is America, and the people have the right to know the real COVID number. Don't shake your head. Ah, finally, a real reporter somewhere. What you should have done was go back and tell me you validated the emails, said the flag. Rather than respond to the substance of the story, right, much less. Good. So what we have here is email, emails between the mayor's office from the Washington Examiner and the health department from Nashville, Tennessee, discussed the low number of COVID cases coming out of the city's bars and restaurants and how to keep that information from going public. Let me say that again. Emails between the mayor's office and the health department trying to keep public information about COVID-19 from going public. I guess these people don't know that all their emails are public information. This isn't going to be publicly released yet. Just info for the mayor's office, asked Leslie Waller, an official from the health department. Health departments are running this entire country, and there's not a soul, not one of them, is an elected official. In one email, correct, not for public consumption. The mayor's senior advisor, Benjamin Eagles, writes. So the health department says, don't put out these numbers, and the mayor's office says right back, okay, you know what, we agree. Responds with, correct, not for public consumption. Bars and restaurants accounted for 22 cases of COVID. They're all closed. Every 40 to 50% are out of business for forever. Do you know that's the way that it is nationwide? 40, 40 to 50% of all businesses, not just those closed during COVID, are closed and or closed permanently because of the COVID response. You look at the hair salon where Nance got her wash and blow a couple weeks ago. She's closed now. A month later, reporter Nate Rowell asked the health department about rumors that only 80 80 virus cases originated from Nashville's bars and restaurants. The figure you gave gave of more than 80 does lead to a natural question. If there have been over 20,000 positive COVID-19 cases in Davidson County, Nashville, Tennessee, and only 80 or so are traced to restaurants and bars. Doesn't that mean restaurants and bars aren't a very big problem? Raul asked. Emails show health department official Brian Todd asking how to respond to the question. Please advise how you recommend I respond. You know how you respond? Health department official Brian Todd, you tell the truth. That's what you do. There's been 22 cases. The rumor was 80. There was legitimately 22 cases. Tell the truth, Brian Todd, health department representative. My two cents, we have certainly refused to give counts per bar because those numbers are low per site. Did you, do you hear this? They, we have certainly refused to give counts per per bar because those numbers are low per site. They refused to give numbers because they were low, because the COVID count was low. They refused to give the numbers. I wonder what it would have happened if they were high. Let's all guess together, everybody together, all of us conservatives that are together on this podcast tonight. I wonder if the COVID count was high, if those would have been put out for everybody to see. 
We he continues. We could still release the total though, and then a response to that. Listen to the propaganda. And then a response to the over 80 could be because that number is increasing. They're lying. They are bold-faced lying. Again, I will bet you that every single one of these health department people, the health departments throughout the country right now, are propagating the myth that racism is a public health crisis. I told you. I told you. I told you. I've told you over and over again. There is no difference between the false flag COVID response and the false flag BLM response to the, to the killing of George Floyd. Absolute myths every time. Very low death percentage, propagated as a large death percentage, and the American people, sadly led by the Church of Jesus Christ, all believe them, strap on their masks, quarantine themselves, and shut down their businesses. And if they don't shut them down because of COVID, Black Lives Matter will burn them down for you. All the while, they get to wear masks, hiding their own identities. And it also gives Joe Biden an excuse never to campaign. We could still release the total, though. And then a response to the over 80 could be because that number is increasing all the time. And we don't want to say a specific number. These, this is the, this is just like when they, when it was found out that all the climate change garbage, the, the emails that were sent to one another in the UN about lying about climate change back and forth. It's all a lie. The COVID response is a complete and total lie. Speaking of Joey Biden, how many of you guys have seen the Trump parades, the Trump rallies, one going on right now? Just mute that and watch me keep Trump on though. You've seen the boat parades. You set records, World Guinness Book of World Records for a boat parade. Well, Joe Biden put together his own parade. Here's how it panned out for him. This is the truth, folks. <laughs> there it is. That, I mean, doesn't that, I mean, that just invigorates you, doesn't it? I mean, don't you just, I mean, don't you just feel the power? Don't you feel the power and the Biden, or they, they keep making mistake happened all week this week. They kept calling themselves the Harris Biden campaign. I mean, yeah, my, my staff just said it's not a mistake. No, I mean, it's just a Freudian slip. It's really the truth that they have down deep inside. They know that that's where they're heading. Well, we had a double hitter for what I call a double hitter for the uh, Hyden Biden campaign. This is a video from Newsmax. If you're not watching Newsmax, own News Punch, Truth News. Those are your news sources, everybody. Just forget everything else. Forget every poll that you hear. Forget every news source but those. I mean, forget Fox. Fox, you're not allowed to talk about Soros. We'll get to that later. Glenn Beck said, as an employee, he was told, don't talk about George Soros. Quote, facts. That's, what he, that's, that's exactly what went down. And we just happened to see it on Outnumbered with Harris Faulkner. We saw it. But this is a double header from, what I, from the Hyden Biden campaign from Chris Salcedo from Newsmax. Play it for me. Biden had to take a, an emergency trip to Florida yesterday. Here he is waving to an, an empty field as he, <laughs> as he heads to a heavily scripted event. And while at this event, Biden began his comments by doing one of the most offensive pieces of pandering in U.S. presidential campaign history. Hang on here. <laughs> All right. 
There you go. Dance a little bit, Joe. Come on. I tell you what, if I, I had one to tell word everybody wanted to. Yeah, one word for all of that. Absolutely. Here's the one word pathetic. I mean, how in the world could anybody in good conscience pull the lever for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? I will never know. Hey, listen, just a reminder, everybody, please hit like and share right now. Like and share. Let's get the word out. I'm obviously not the only source out there, but I am a beacon of truth. Uh, listen, I'm a pastor of a church right here in Inglewood, Florida, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. I have never closed my church, never locked down, never worn a mask, never put out an alcohol gel station, nothing, never thought about it. Not one time, one of the very few, one of the four churches in this entire area that didn't close. I am on your side. Like and share, like and share this on YouTube, like and share it on Facebook. On Periscope, like and share. Let's get the word out to as many people as we possibly can. We need to come together. There is a civil war. There will be a civil war. However you want to look at it. There is or there will be a civil war in one form or another. I hope it never goes violent. I really, I don't want any violence. But we are in the midst of a civil war. The soul of our country is at stake. We need to bind together as conservatives, as Christians. We need to bind together. Together, whatever commonalities that we have as conservatives, as Christians, as both, we need to come together. We need to make sure that we reelect Donald J. Trump for president, for sure. The alternative is socialism. If you're a biblical man or woman, the alternative is a new world order and the ushering in of the mark of the beast. The mask is the precursor for the mark of the beast. Absolutely true. Now, listen, I just want to put out a little warning on this one. This is on Tucker. Now, Dr. Li Meng Yan is on. Uh, she's hard to understand. She's got a thick Chinese accent. She just, but that to me gives her authenticity. She's just now coming out of Hong Kong. She absolutely knows the truth behind the origins of COVID-19. Play that video for me. Coronavirus in the world. So together with my experience, I can tell you this is created in the lab. This is from that template owned by China military. And also it is spread to the world to make such damage. To make such damage. Do you believe the Chinese government released this intentionally, on purpose? Did they do this? Yes, of course, it's intentionally. And even no need more evidence, you already can see what they tried to cover up from the early beginning as I reviewed. Now everybody look at the titles there now. Chinese virologist, the virus came from a lab. Dr. Li Meng Young, Chinese virologist whistleblower. Th listen, this woman is speaking the truth. She is speaking the truth. She's telling the truth. This is a man-made virus. There is absolutely no doubt for anybody who wants an active, vibrant Actually, synapsis firing brainstem. If you actually want to know what's true, there is absolutely no doubt that this virus was created in a lab. Play the Ben Swan video for me. Study that's about to be released in Australia. Five scientists there who are actually working on a coronavirus vaccine said they found some very strange things while studying the pathogen. 
They claim that what they found leads them to believe that there is almost no way that COVID-19, the current coronavirus that the world is dealing with, actually originated in nature and as the result of evolution, as the WHO and people like Dr. Anthony Fauci continually claim. Instead, they say it's almost impossible that it's not human-made. The preliminary report of the study, which is now being peer-reviewed, is based on computer modeling of the virus's ability to infect various animals, including humans. It was published May 13th on the Cornell University website, which is used for discussion of pre-publication papers. Nikolai Petrovsky, the lead researcher, said his team suspects human manipulation in Wuhan because of the unmatched ability of the virus's protruding spike to infect human cells. The virus's binding strength for human cells far exceeds similar properties for infecting other animals, he said in a statement on the forthcoming report. So the study findings were very interesting, which is that we found that the COVID-19 virus uh, was particularly well adapted to bind to human cells, and that was far superior to its ability to bind the cells of any other uh, animal species, which is is quite unusual because typically when a virus is is well adapted to an animal and then it by chance crosses to a human, typically you would expect it to originally have lower binding to human cells than to the original host animal. We found the opposite. So, so that was a big surprise. Now, on top of all of this, Dr. Petrovsky and his team also claim that there are other reasons that they say that someone tampered with this coronavirus and actually caused human manipulation of it. He says this, quote, the fact that no corresponding virus has been found to exist in nature leads to the possibility that COVID-19 is a human created virus. It is therefore entirely plausible that the virus was created in the biosecurity facility in Wuhan by selection on cells expressing human ACE2, a laboratory that was known to be cultivating exotic bat coronaviruses at the time. Then there is a new study led by Norwegian virologist Berger Sorensen, which has found that the coronavirus's spike protein contains sequences that appear to be artificially inserted. The researchers found that the virus had been doctored to bind to humans. They pointed out that it has hardly mutated since it began to infect humans, suggesting that it was already fully adapted to humans. Back to me. Now this All right, so what we have so far, we have United States scientists we have Chinese scientists, Australian scientists, and Norwegian scientists all saying that there is at least a minimum, minimum of a very strong possibility that this virus, COVID-19, was man-made. Again, though, it's a matter of ducks. If it talks like a duck, quacks like a duck, flies south for the winter for a duck, it comes in, swoons in, lands on a lake, and paddles around with its little paddle feet, and quacks around on a lake, it's a duck. This virus occurred, the, the initial outbreak occurred in Wuhan, China. What is Wuhan, China? Well, it's just a place where Bill Gates sent tens of millions of dollars to the National Academy of Sciences, Chinese Academy of Sciences, sent tens of millions of dollars to them. Now, what does the Chinese Academy of Sciences run? The Wuhan Institute of Virology, which Bill Gates didn't just keep his, his donations to the Chinese Academy of Sciences that runs Wuhan, he sent tens of millions of dollars to both, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Chinese Academy of Sciences, tens of millions of dollars. Anthony Fauci sent $3.7 million, all for what? 
gain of function research where they take a coronavirus virus particle cell, whatever it is you want to call it, the virus itself, and they make it, they enhance it to make it transmissible to humans so that they can create a vaccine for it. That's called gain-of-function research, which was outlawed in 2014, reinstituted by Barack Hussein Obama six days before he left office. That's exactly the truth. It's public knowledge. It's all out there. They won't even deny it. There's no way. It's on the NIH website. It is absolutely the truth. That's what happened. NIH had to when Ted Cruz went in and asked them point blank on the record, did you send money? Oh, NIH runs NAID, which is Anthony Fauci. So Anthony Fauci works for the NIH, National um, <clears throat> NIH. He, National Institutes of Health. He, he works for them. They sent that money over to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for gain of function research. That the S spike protein stuff is what they do when they extract the virus and they make it susceptible, make it so that it can adhere to human cells, making it transmissible. It wasn't before. You didn't have to worry about a bat biting you. For all these years, you never had to worry about a bat biting you and you catching COVID until they did the gain of function research. And the only place on planet earth that they were doing gain of function coronavirus research was Wuhan and where was the outbreak? It really isn't hard. It really isn't. And again, why didn't they all run to microphones the day of the outbreak and said, it was us, it was us. They knew it was them. They knew it was them. Bill Gates knew it was him. Fauci knew it was him. The NIH knew it. NAID, they knew it. They absolutely knew it, and they did nothing. They want to talk about deaths. They want to blame deaths on people like me who won't wear a mask when there's absolutely no study anywhere. There's been seven studies on the efficacy of masks, and not one of them say that it will block a COVID-19 particle. Even an N95 mask does not block COVID-19 at all. They want to blame deaths on us. They're the ones that were doing the gain-of-function research. They were taking S-spike proteins and attaching them to coronavirus particles and cells and making those cells transmissible to humans. That S-spike protein is what it says. It adheres to a human cell. The scientists just said it. It's strangely odd that these, these coronavirus bat cells somehow adhere better to human cells than their own host. How could that be when the host is carrying the virus? It's not hard. It's not hard. It's just a matter of how many people are going to stand up and resist. From Glenn Beck, 912, San Francisco gym owner, Danielle Rapkin. She wrote, her gym is still locked down after six months. After six months, still locked down. Danielle advised. 88 COVID deaths in San Francisco. What's going on? Again, it's the same agenda. Usher in socialism. Usher in the Democratic Party. Usher in the mark of the beast. Usher in the new world order. Listen, these people don't know the Bible. They don't know that they're pawns in the devil's schemes, but that's what they are. 88 total deaths in your business is closed for six months. Why? Mask wearing, capitulating Christians and conservatives. Explain that to me. Explain how you aren't a usable tool, a useful idiot for the Democratic Party. 
mask-wearing, capitulating, alcohol gel station, social distancing, church closed for months, pastors. Explain to me how you're not a tool of the Democratic Party. 88 cases in the entire city, 88 deaths in the entire city of millions in San Francisco. Never had more, here's their stats, never had more than 38 COVID cases in ICU at any time. To date. Private gyms were mandated to be closed, but government gyms were opened on July 1st. This was written on 9-12, September 12th. Government gyms had been open since July 1st. She was actually forced to open an outdoor gym, but the problem is the Democratic Party has run the San Francisco area for so long that it's actually a hazard to open up an outdoor gym because of the human feces all over the sidewalks. When it was discovered that the government gyms were opened, suddenly gyms, salons, and tattoo parlors were suddenly allowed to be opened. It's all a four-letter word. Hoax. It's a hoax. Tom, you can't say that. You know, people have died. Well, people die all the time. The average age of death for COVID, according to the latest CDC numbers, is 80. The average age of death in America is 78. Haven't anybody ever asked yourself, where are all the bodies? Remember when at first it was 2 to 4 million Americans were going to die? Remember all that? Listen, I was a cop for 25 years. 1992 to 2017. I've been pastoring a church for 15 years now. I know as a cop, I know how, how dead bodies work, how they get picked up. And all. Listen, they, you, you know, have to be coarse or crass, but you call them like body snatcher trucks. Where are they? Refrigerator trucks to come and take all the bodies. Does anybody ever ask? Hey, you know, mask wearing, quarantined, locked down, capitulating Christian, capitulating pastor, too afraid to go to church, Christian, because you might catch the Rona. Do you ever ask yourself the question, where are all the bodies? Do you ever ask? That's the first thing I ask. Where are they? I don't know anybody who's died of COVID. People go, oh, I do, I do. Do you know somebody who knows somebody? And I know there's always exceptions to rules like that. But allegedly there's 200,000 deaths. There's not. Take about the 6% Died of, died of COVID exclusively out of that number, right? 6%. Let's just double it. That's 9,000. So we'll double. We'll give them 18,000. We'll give them 25,000. The average flu season, average flu season is 50,000 50, flu deaths. Average. That's, a, that's an average flu season. 2017, 80,000 people died in the United States of the flu. And there wasn't a bunch of false attributions to that death count like there is to this death count. 200,000? If they've been caught in Washington, they've been caught right here in Florida, they've been caught in California, they've been caught in numerous other states attributing car crashes where the person's dead on the scene. They take that part. I just read this account. Paramedics were very flummoxed by this whole thing, wondering why they have to take a DOA, a dead on arrival, they're dead on the scene of a car crash. They have to take that person to the emergency room and have them tested for COVID. Why? Why? This is all facts. This is absolute truth. Why? So that if that person tests positive for COVID, they can put down the person who had their head removed in a car crash as a COVID death. Over and over and over and over and by the thousands this has happened. Why? 
because the demon rat party had a black swan fly over the United States and they took advantage of it. They're all doing that. It's, it's all coming out. I'll read more of this stuff from true news. This is the reality. This is the true reality about Bill Gates. Play it for me. Things that are, you know, genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. A 2018 scientific study released in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health concluded that over 490,000 children in India developed paralysis as a result of the Gates-supported oral polio vaccine that was administered between the years of 2000 and 2017. Using all the usual sleight of hand, U.S.-based media and fact-checkers rushed to bury the story. But thanks to the meticulous work of a team of Indian researchers and doctors, the inconvenient truth lives on the NIH.gov website. It's my honor to introduce Bill and Melinda Gates. Without any medical training, Bill and Melinda Gates founded the Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunization, through which they fulfill their agenda to vaccinate the world. The foundation has been sued by the governments of some of the poorest and most vulnerable nations for causing serious harm through experimental vaccine programs. If you just look at healthcare workers around the world, they deserve to get the vaccine first. Oh, yeah, right. An anti-masker. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth about. It. I mean, I have endless stats. Bill Gates, from 2000 to 2017, is the re is responsible for the paralysis of 496,000 Indian children, the country of India. Indian children, 496,000. He's responsible for. He's currently responsible for the World Health. Or please pull it up. Challenge. Go challenge me. Pull up. Go to the World Health Organization. They have had to publicly acknowledge that the latest outbreak of polio is a vaccine-caused outbreak. Where did the vaccine come from? Ah, uh, Gavi, Bill Gates, as usual. The World Health Organization had to admit that there was sterilization agents. This is all out there. This is public mainstream news. That, that vaccines put out by Bill and Melinda Gates via Gavi, it was found out that they had sterilization agents inside the vaccine. They had to admit to it. Why would that be there? And lo and behold, what is Bill Gates's, what's his big MO? What's his, what's his big vision for the world? To control population growth via vaccines. How does that make any sense unless you're sterilizing people? Unless you're paralyzing people? Unless you're killing people, which he has done. Put it up there. There it is. Publicly acknowledged, UN says new polio outbreak in Sudan caused by oral vaccine. Where did the oral vaccine come from? Billy Gates. All the time, every time. Here's a Buck Sexton's tweet on the uh, Democratic Party. Everything is not going to open up, even if Biden wins on November 3rd. F listen, folks, we are in a civil war. You can keep it up there. We are in a civil war. We will continue to be in a civil war. I don't know to what level. Nobody knows yet. Everything is not going to open up, even if Biden wins on November 3rd. Democrats won't give back power seized during this pandemic insanity. Democrats like it. They like the arbitrary and unlimited power. They luxuriate in the sanctimony. They will extend the panic and exploit it. Of course, they are prototypical socialists. They're just like Stalin. They're, they're just like Hitler. They're just like Mao. They're just like Mussolini. 
all for thee and not for me. All the rules for thee, but not for me. Like like Buck Sexton says, it's so, such a cogent quote. I had to put it up there. They luxuriate in it. Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, just just loving every minute of getting to tell you that's essential. That's not it. They're still locked down. You still can't go to church in Michigan. You still can't. You still can't in Illinois. Oh, yes, their churches are open now. You're, you can make a reservation. You can go in and sit 170 feet apart from each other so that if somebody coughs, the spit particles don't go and infect 47 people and, and kill grandma. Where are the bodies? Where are the bodies? Nowhere. But they do. They lux- I love the word. They luxuriate in the power. They love every last minute of it. They love the arbitrary, unlimited power, luxuriating in its sanctimony. They love for people to look at them and say, give me permission. Give me permission. They're Stalinist. No, Tom, they're Americans. I get it. They get the rights and privileges of being an American citizen. Wouldn't do anything to take it away from them. Wouldn't take away their free speech. I wouldn't take away it. Like, we're going to get all the conservatives get banned off of. So I had people put in comments about Lysol in the comments section. I didn't even say anything about Lysol. Two podcasts ago, people put something about Lysol in my comment section having nothing to do with me. I got banned. But do any of these people ever going to get... No, they can do whatever they want. They get, they get all the free speech. I wouldn't take it from them. Like, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm going to have a presence on Parler. I'm already on Parler. I'm going to have a presence on Rumble. Listen, I, YouTube seems to be a little less feverish in their Stalinism than Facebook. But they, they can do it. I don't want to. I wouldn't want to kick anybody off those platforms. They do. I wouldn't try to take anybody's firearms away. But they love the power. Why would anybody want to control other people? I don't know. I don't know how to explain psychotic behavior. I have no interest in controlling any human being. None. I barely have any interest in controlling my dog. This, I want her to be free. I don't even put a collar on her. I want her to be free. I love freedom. Any Christian should love freedom. I love the Christians that think that they're out there sanctimonious and virtue signaling with their goofy, stupid masks on. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's the word of God written by St. Paul. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. I don't get it. But that's, that's the motive behind it. Listen, they all think, they never think it's coming for them. What they think all the time. It's, you know, I use this example with my son when we're talking about it whatever happened to ronda rousey you ever you ever wonder what happened to ronda rousey what happened was that she got beat and now she's kind of drifted off into oblivion the reason being is that her power came from her performance as an mma person not being ronda rousey see democrats are the same way they think that you know what all of my power comes from me being a Democrat, from me being a big name like Gretchen Whitmer or Andrew Cuomo or Gavin Newsom. No, your power comes from what people gave you. That's why we need to take their power from them. Every business needs to open. Every church needs to open. Take your stupid face diapers off. If that means you take a pinch, you take a pinch. I was ready to be arrested to keep my church open. I was never going to close. I love Ron DeSantis, but even if DeSantis, the governor of Florida, said for me to close it, no, never. Not closing. From Gateway Pundit 917, the tech tyrants. MSNBC, Facebook will ban new political ads for the week leading up to the election day in the U.S. and remove posts that try to suppress or discourage voting, Mark Zuckerberg announced on Thursday. 
from Benny Johnson, Facebook CEO Zuckerberg. What we what we and the other media need to start doing is preparing the American people. Why does he need to prepare me on a platform? Are you a publisher or are you a platform? Because you get all the legal exemptions as a platform, but yet you're operating as a publisher. Whatever licensing Facebook has needs to be removed unless they want to operate as a platform. Why does, why does the CEO of a large platform say things like what we and the other media need to start doing is preparing the American people that there is nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or weeks to make sure all the votes are counted? Why do I need to get that from Zuckerberg? What does that have to do with Facebook? From Sean Davis. Big tech could not be more clear about its intention to steal the election in November. Breaking, Twitter says it will label or remove unverified election results cl- result claims will flag Trump if he claims early victory. Where's the warning for Biden? Google says it will block autocomplete for searches that suggest voting outcomes. Oh, but these are all just legitimate platforms, right? Google said Thursday it's removing prediction outcomes from its autocomplete search recommendations. It will aim to remove autocomplete phrases such as donate to or vote by phone. Why? I thought we were free. I thought this was a free country. I, we should be able, you should do it, be able to put on whatever you want, barring violence and barring pornography. You should be able to say and do whatever you want. Anybody should be able to type right now in my comments, Tom, you suck. Tom, you're fat. Whatever you want to put on there. Go ahead. I would never do a thing to take that from you. You can say bad things about God. You'll answer to God for it. I still wouldn't take your right to, you know, Islam, you're not allowed to say one bad thing about their God. I don't want you to say things, bad things about my Jesus. But if you do, you have the right. Go ahead and do it if that's what you want to do. You'll answer on judgment day for it. But that's where the tech tyrants really are. Put up the Goebbels tweet for me from Noam Chomsky. See, I think my buddy Aaron, my tech guy running the show tonight, he told me that Noam Chomsky, I'd heard of him, but I didn't know much about him, is absolutely not and in any way, shape, or form a conservative. He's probably, I don't want to speak for him, but he's probably a classical liberal. Classical liberals are more like us. They're more libertarian. Goebbels was in favor of free speech for views he liked. So was Stalin. If you really... If you're really in favor of free speech, then you're in favor of freedom of speech for precisely the views you despise. Otherwise, you're not in favor of free speech. See, that's what a classical liberal, this is a classical, I'm not speaking for Noam. The classical liberal is a professor, you know, who's teaching liberal studies in some professorial college somewhere. And between classes, he goes and smokes doobies behind some, you know, staircase somewhere. And he just wants the freedom to smoke his doobies. He wants the freedom to say what he wants. They still are in favor of abortion and things like that. Sometimes legalizing all drugs, whatever we have, obviously have huge differences. But overall, they're in favor of a sort of a libertarian liberal freedom. Those people are all being washed aside for progressive new world order, mandated laws, mandated government capitulation, Stalinist progressives. They're being replaced by there is no Bill Clinton's left. Listen, Bill Clinton was a mega liberal, but he capitulated and gave in to Republicans for political expediency. He knew he wasn't going to be reelected unless he unless he actually instituted Newt Gingrich's contract with America. He knew it. At least he had some wisdom about him. His wife, of course, is a complete totalitarian Stalinist. No doubt about that. 
But those people are gone. The Jimmy Carters, whatever, and they're all Stalinists now. But all the classic liberals, they're gone. It's all the Kamala Harris's now. It's all the AOC's and the Rashida Tlaib's and the Iona Presley's. And by the way, they all sit there and they legislate away. They try to legislate away that which they love. If they actually were forced to live that which they're trying to put on the rest of us, because it's always for thee, not for me. But if they actually had to live in what they are actually legislating, they would never legislate it. it listen, you took away their Starbucks. They'd renounce their viewpoints. All right, Australia, I hope everybody's paying close attention to Australia. Australia, namely the state of Victoria, is lost. It's lost. If you live in Victoria, get the heck out of there. If you live in Seattle, Portland, get Atlanta, get out and get out now. Tom, I got too much. Get out, I'm telling you. If you're a cop in Portland, if you're a cop in Atlanta, if you're a cop in L.A., they will hang you out to dry. The very first chance they get to charge you with murder, they will lock you away for life, just like they're doing to the cop in Atlanta who rightly killed the guy at the Wendy's Brooks. Absolute justifiable shooting. But Australia's COVID situation is absolutely just like the United States, built on lies. Here's their numbers. And they, are, they have the most draconian lockdown in the world's history. That's a fact. In Victoria, their lockdown is worse than Wuhan, China's. Do you know that? It's, you should see. I put up a video a couple weeks ago. Wuhan, China, there, there's absolutely no, there's no social distancing. There's no lockdowns. Nothing. We put on an open dance party. They, they have absolutely no restrictions in Wuhan, China right now. Their lockdown has long since been over. But in Australia... This is, this is the true numbers coming out of Australia where they have a complete and total lockdown. You're only allowed to leave your house one hour a day for exercise. That's it. And all of Victoria, the state of Victoria in Australia. Here's their numbers. $750 million are spent per COVID death in Australia. 750 million taxpayer dollars are spent on each COVID death in Australia. 10% of COVID deaths were on healthy people. So 10%, just like the United States was 6%, 10% of COVID deaths were healthy. 90% had comorbidities, most of them serious comorbidities. 78% of the COVID deaths were admitted to hospital had no comorbidities. 9% of hospital cases had no comorbidities. 29% of COVID deaths had cardiac disease. 32% were diabetic. 31% had Crohn's uh, respiratory, chronic respiratory disease. And COVID's what's killing everybody? Australian death info. 14 deaths. 14 total for the entire country of Australia of people under 60. 14. What are we doing? What, are, what on earth are we doing? And I can't, I don't want to say we. What are they doing? I, I choose a side. I choose the, the side. Of, listen, sometimes I'm not even on the side of Trump with this stuff. His Trump still puts out and, and regularly conservative pundits put out. This is the plague of the century. Wow. 14 deaths under 60 in all of the country of Australia. 14. 6% of our 200,000 deaths. 6%. 9,210 were from people, were, were from COVID only. Zero deaths below 30 in Australia. Zero deaths of people. And all their, all their schools are closed. Zero deaths for anybody under zero. Ready? Zero deaths under 30 in all of Australia. 
September 8th, as of September 8th, 10 days ago, there were 29 critical COVID cases in Australia and they're completely locked down. Explain to me the logic. Explain to me if I'm happening to get into anybody's grill right now who's wearing a mask, explain to me how you justify your totalitarian measures. Explain that to me. How you justify wearing a mask and forcing others via government fiat to wear a mask. Explain that to me when those are the numbers. And those numbers are identical in the United States. We're just a much larger country. We have 330 million people live here. We have like literally five times as many, ten times as many people live here than live in Australia. I don't know how many, it's a lot more. Explain to me, explain to me the need for all of these measures. Explain to me why anything ever needed to be locked down. Explain that to me. You can't. You cannot do it. 59 out of 100,000 people in the state of Florida died of COVID. And that's, and that's, again, those are false attributions. Lots of false numbers. Lots of false tests. Illinois Department of Health Director. I've played this a couple times. They're very short videos. Listen, I wish I had something. Just picture a giant 200,000. That's what they're claiming. Right? They initially claimed two to four million, according to Neil Ferguson from the Imperial College of London. The two to four million, by, by the way, who paid for that? Who paid for that study? Uh, Bill Gates, just so you know. Bill Gates paid for all the modeling that was done for COVID, just so you know. Absolute truth. From the University of Washington, Neil Ferguson from the Imperial College all received Gates funding. Facts. But when you see that 200,000 number, that the CDC puts out and that all the liberals always are saying they're all bashing Trump with it now. I wish Trump would defend himself. I really do. One of his health department uh, people came, I can't remember his name and I'll get it for the next show, came out and said, you know, that all the scientists were actually against Trump and he actually told Americans to get food and arm themselves. <laughs> and they, he's had to take leave. He's, 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 he's a truth teller in government. I love Trump, but you know what? Trump is still kowtowing to this whole COVID thing to some extent. He knows the truth. Hence the reason why you're not seeing the Fouch out much anymore. That's why the Fouch has to go and speak with Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton and Black Lives Matter at their Atlantic rally coming up. But this is from the Illinois Department of Health. And when you hear 200,000 deaths, this is how they arrived at the numbers. This is universal. This is the CDC requisite. This is the CDC recommendations. This is how they come up with the numbers. Play the videos for me. For Dr. Zike, uh, how many have died from COVID-19 that do not have any other underlying health condition? So nationally, uh, the numbers are vanishingly small uh, in, in less than 10%. I think I saw something like 6%, and that might have been a global number. So uh, in, in the general statistics, uh, Illinois has been similar to what the you know, aggregate larger numbers have. So I would say that it's going to be definitely under 10%, maybe even in the single digits. Thanks. All right, back to me real quick. Now, that 6% number she just said, that was months ago. That's all since panned out. She just basically said, the reporter asked her, how many people are dying exclusively of COVID out of all the deaths that are attributed to COVID? A, a 6%. That was months before the August report came out from the CDC that said it was 6%. Play the next video for me. All age groups die. I just want to be clear in terms of the definition of people dying of COVID. So, the case definition is, is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, um, 
it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if, um, it technically, if even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you, doctor. That's how they came to the number. She, she, did you hear what she said specifically? I won't, say, re, I won't repeat everything she said, but if you, she actually used the example. If you were in hospice and given weeks to live and then you died and you was found out that you tested positive for COVID, they put you down as a COVID death. How many of the 200, that's in Illinois, where they've got somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to 8,000 COVID deaths. If that was done nationally, and it's now been proven that out of 200,000 COVID deaths, 9,210 died exclusively of COVID. How many fraudulent deaths have been attributed to COVID? I guarantee you less than 50,000 people have truly died of COVID. I'm even giving them, you know, the people who are going to live anyway, but had comorbidities, caught COVID and died because of it. I'll get that happens with the flu every year. And lo and behold, too, around January 5th, the flu disappeared in our country. And flu season, flu season runs until the end of April, and it completely disappeared. There's no more flu cases since January 5th. None. You don't hear anything about any flu deaths, right? You know why? Because if you look at the if you look at the CDC website and how they do how they attributed deaths in columns, they say COVID with flu, COVID with pneumonia, COVID with COVID, COVID with the with common cold. That's how it's all a hoax. It is an absolute hoax from anomaly. This is an anomaly tweet from September 7th. He writes, this is a real post. It looks like a parody, but it's not put it up there for me. The COVID-19 pandemic from the United Nations, but don't worry. It's all about compassionate protection so that you don't get sick, right? The COVID-19 pandemic is demonstrating what we all know. Millennia of patriarchy have resulted in a male-dominated world with male-dominated culture, which damages everyone, women, men, girls, and boys. From Antonio Gutierrez, the head of the United Nations. This is the time to rebuild more equal, inclusive, and resilient societies. Hey, put it back up there so I can read the first sentence again. The COVID-19 pandemic is demonstrating what we all know. Back to me. But don't worry, again, there's no ulterior motives involved. There's no control involved. You know, event 201, great reset, you know, agenda 2030, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Gavi, Mass. Oh, it's all just, you know, it, it, don't worry, Christians. Matt, and the, uh, and you're like, Tom, again, why do you always pick on Christians first? Because I read the Bible. It's first Peter chapter four, verse 17, where judgment begins at the house of God. It begins with us. If we are, if the church is dumb enough to buy into this because the church is no longer reading the book of Revelation because the book of Revelation doesn't fit into, you know, TikTok sort of church advertisement. Hey, church fam, how's it going, church fam? We love you. Come to our capitulating Bible study next Thursday night, seven o'clock. Doesn't fit into that, does it? The church no longer reads the Bible. The church doesn't care about the Bible. So they're all wearing their masks and acting like they're being compassionate. Listen, I pulled up a church ad. I just didn't, 
I didn't want to use it because it puts their name and it's local. It's the dumbest thing. Are they keep saying our church is open? Hey, everybody, come on. Our church is open. Joe, and they show pictures of everybody wearing a mask. They show a pastor or a church worker going through all the pews and spraying it like weeds. I mean, and they can't see the United Nations. They can't see the great reset. They can't see any of these things that are actually saying that COVID is the opportunity of a lifetime to usher in our agenda. The democratic party. Well, you have absolutely no numbers, no numbers whatsoever that justify continuing lockdowns, but yet they just keep on doing it. Why costing their own constituency, their jobs, their future, their incomes, everything, education, suicide rates through the roof, domestic violence through the roof. They don't care. When was, when did a socialist ever care about a human life? When did they ever care? You know, I'll get accused. I'll get accused tonight because I bash black lives matter that I'm a racist. No, for me, everybody lives. If you call me a racist and you vote Democrat, you're the one who wants to euthanize the black population. The number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. I want all those abortions then. So how could I be a racist? All right. From true news, nine seventeen. This is good. Now pay close attention. This is going to bother some of you. This is going to offend some of you because I'm telling you, I stand with this guy. A real man finally stands up. Play a video for me. An anti-masker tells police they're going to have to drag him out of a school board meeting in South Dakota before he covers his face. I, I get it. I get it. So then I get, get it. it. I get it. You're going to have to drag me out. This is observations. First of all, I've been in those situations. I've arrested people numerous times in my life. I've been there. Like I said, cop 1992, 2017 straight 25 years in a day. I was a cop. Here's the problem. First of all, let me just, here's just a few general observations. Those cops are so lucky. They need to go. If that guy's in jail, they need to go pay his commissary bill for him and say, thank you for not absolutely knocking us out of our shoes. Appreciate it. Thank you. And by the way, that guy would whoop me too. I'm not claiming it. I'm just saying. Secondly, cops can't make these arrests. They're unconstitutional. What are you arresting them for exactly? Well, this for what? Okay. You have the first amendment, fourth amendment, and 14th amendment guarantee your right to assemble, guarantee your right to free movement, guarantee your right not to be that a mask, not be stipulated to you to wear. So what are you arresting him for exactly? Let's go through it. Well, the school board wanted him arrested for what? Because he wasn't wearing a mask. 
The only arrest that could be made in a school board meeting is what's called disruption of school function. Been there, done that. I've arrested numerous people for that offense. You have to be disrupting it. How's he disrupting it? By standing there, by sitting there. He was doing nothing but refusing to wear their face diapers when everybody's looks like at least 10 feet apart from each other. So explain to me how he was going to, how he was disrupting that function. He was not. So he was being arrested for not wearing a mask. That is an unconstitutional arrest. Listen, I stand with the blue. I back the blue. I was the blue. I get it. But when cops do, this is, I am an equal opportunity offender. I always stick with the truth. That's Prince being principled. Being unprincipled is sticking with narrative. If your narrative is pro-police, pro-police, and you never say anything negative when they do something negative, you're unprincipled. If you're Trump, 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 and when Trump does something dumb, you don't say anything about it, you're unprincipled. That's how the left lives 24-7. The left Stalinist Democratic Party, that's how they live no matter what. It wouldn't matter if the Democratic Party came out and a bunch of their members started slaughtering puppies. They would find a justification for it. But this was a wrongful, unconstitutional arrest. What should cops do? You're going to have to risk your job, I guess. You know what? Some things are more important than your job. Right and wrong are more important than your job. You hear the one idiot in the background? You know, nothing's this important, pal. You know, nothing's this important. You know, know, whatever he said, something along those lines. It's not that important, pal. Yes, it is that important. All the, all the idiots will usher you into socialism saying, now this isn't that big a deal. All the pastors were doing that. The ones that are still closed, the ones that have their, you have to make a reservation to get into your service, get into their service. You have to wear a mask. You have to be social distance. You have to bring in your own lawn chair because you don't want your the COVID to spread from one butt cheek to the other. So you have to bring your own lawn chair in because you don't want to infect all the church chairs. They're all the same people that will usher other people to the mark of the beast. All the while saying, it's not that big a deal. We'll fight the fight when it's time. I heard all the pastors saying that. When the time comes, we'll fight the good fight. This was your time. This was your time. You capitulating cowards. This was your time. And you closed your church. And then they accused me of being political. Oh, he's a political pastor. I'm not the one conforming to the pattern of the world. You're the one with the mask on. You're the one who capitulated to the government. You're the status church, not me. I just look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? The Bible, it's very simple. Jesus said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. So I never worried about COVID. It's bound. Psalm 91, no plague shall draw near thy dwelling. I never thought about it. Never thought twice about it. Got ripped apart online. Look at all those people. They're all going to die. We had people threatening our lives. Had TV cameras set out in front of our, in our parking lot. Running film. You're taking video of our people coming in on Easter Sunday. All for what? For this? 99.9% survival rate. 0.1 post-infection death rate. 70% of the people who catch COVID never know they have it. Worldwide right now, 60,000. Serious to critical cases of COVID, 60,000 worldwide serious to critical cases of COVID today out of 8 billion people and everything shut down. 
Do you ever run those numbers too? See, a lot of people have been proven wrong. They know they've been proven wrong. They're sitting at home going, oh crap, what's going on in Australia? Oh crap, what's going on in my own hometown? Oh, you know, oh crap, what's going on in my church? Whatever it is, but it's more important for them not to be found out that they were wrong. It's more important for them to hold on to their pride, to be able to say, you know what? I, I did it to save lives. No, you did it because you were fooled. And you just won't repent because pride goes before destruction and you're choosing your own destruction by not repenting and saying, I was wrong. Pastors are losing their churches. You think the businesses that, listen, there's a lot of businesses that are never, will never reopen. You think your church will? Less than 10% of people are watching your Zoom messages right now of what was your church. Now, this is just the Biden campaign is the weirdest campaign I've ever seen. I'm, I'm 52 years old. I just turned 52. I've seen lots of campaigns. I've been voting now for how many, however many years. What is it? 40 years, somewhere in there. So what? Yeah, something in that neighborhood. Uh, maybe 58. So I've been voting for 30 some odd years now. I've never seen any campaign like this. Now, this is from Gateway Pundit. Local reporters furious. This is in Minnesota. After Biden handlers play hide the candidate in Minnesota. Bar local media from event. When does Trump ever do that? And you're voting for Biden? Why would you ever vote for somebody who is emulating the Kremlin? Secret. Never talking to reporters. Hidden by his staff. It's almost a weekend at Bernie sort of deal going on. Barring local media from event. Canceled, they canceled the only one-on-one interview. This is a Theo Keefe tweet at real Donald Trump and Joe Biden are both set to campaign in Northern Minnesota later today. This is from yesterday on the first day of early voting ahead of November 3rd election. Biden will be in Duluth area union training center in the afternoon. Trump will rally at Bemidji's airport in the evening. Theo continue on Biden's team has released scant details of his afternoon trip to Hermantown union training center. We haven't gotten the time or how many Minnesota reporters will be allowed in Trump's camp released details of his evening rally at the airport days ago. This is a Terry van Ott or Oot tweet. It's very crowded in here. Glenn run that video for me. There's the Biden event. He's back there in that little room right there next to that yellow thing. There's the Biden event. There it is. Could you see it? He was right here. Play it again. Play the video again. This one. Okay, can you hear it? Okay, you ready? Here's the Biden event. Ready? Here it comes. There's a big TV camera. Nobody there. Nobody there. Nobody there. Right there in that door. There he is. There's Biden. It's the creepiest, weirdest campaign I have ever seen. Now, here's the next thing. Now, what they're doing with Biden is every time he's at the podium, they don't want him to be allowed to answer questions because he'll mumble, stumble. He has no clear, clear, answer, clear answers. He has no agenda. He has, he has absolutely no step one, two, step three. He has nothing. All he can do is scream orange man bad all the time. That's all that he has. He's got nothing, nothing planned. And then here's the thing. We all know his mental capabilities have diminished significantly. So what they do is whenever he gets done talking, they blast loud music. There were a few reporters, none local, not one local Minnesota reporter was allowed in there. Only the press corps that follows him around that have now been indoctrinated to know that they can't ask questions. But just in case one tries, they blare music to keep them from asking questions. Play that video for me. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Weirdest campaign ever. 
right back to me. How clean can that mask be? Uh, he took that mask off before, shoved it into his little binder, and then drags it back out and puts it back on. How long had it been on before? I mean, you don't ever do that. That just shows you the absolute illegitimate medical per, you know, guidance that it is to wear a mask whatsoever. There's absolutely no legitimate reason. Will Farrell has an opinion on this. What? <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser. Good. Good. I don't, I, I'll never understand. So here's the deal with Fox News. Fox News, I told you I'd get to it. I'm surprised I did. No Soros allowed at Fox News. Now, a lot of you have seen the original video. We got it. We got another, you know, subsequent video after that. No Soros is allowed to be spoken of at Fox News. Look at this strange video. Play it for me. Every one of those businesses is a family, is a face, is a person yeah. who is now struggling and has no way to support their family. That's who I want to see in this hearing. That's, I want America to see the faces of these people whose lives have been destroyed by this violence. Yeah, it's so true. They represent everybody, right? Speaker Gingrich, I know you have a final thought for us. Yeah, look, the number one problem in almost all these cities is George Soros elected left-wing anti-police, pro-criminal district attorneys who refuse to keep people locked up. Uh, Just yesterday, they put somebody back on the street who's wanted for two different murders in New York City. Uh, You cannot solve this problem. And both Harris and Biden have talked very proudly about what they call progressive district attorneys. Progressive district attorneys are anti-police, pro-criminal, and overwhelmingly elected with George Soros's money, and they're a major cause of the violence we're seeing because they keep putting the violent criminals back on the street. I'm not sure we need to bring George get Soros into this. <laughs> I was going to say you get the last word, he Speaker. <laughs> he, he, he paid for it. I mean, why can't we discuss the fact that millions no, of he dollars didn't. he spent? I, I agree with Melissa. George people. Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation. No, oh, I'm glad you agree, okay. Lickard. Come on, Harris, step up so and do your job. All right, we're good. Good job. All right, back to me. Cue up that Harris Faulkner video up next. And she, t- we'll talk about this in detail in just a minute. But Harris Faulkner, a day later, because of the outrage, you know, a lot of people are starting to walk from Fox, including me. I watch Tucker, that's it. I can't even stand Hannity's capitulations to COVID-19 being the plague of 100 years, the 100-year plague. The worst plague in a hundred years, all that. I can't, I just can't bear it. I just, I haven't watched Hannity since the beginning of this whole thing because he never stopped. He never, ever gained any knowledge. Tucker started off very much on the COVID bandwagon and immediately found out the stats and knocked it off. Not Hannity though. And many others are the same way, but Harris Faulkner answered the criticism a day later. Play that for me. So we had a little incident on the show yesterday that was not smooth. And while I was leading that segment, we had interruptions, and I sat silently while all of that played out. Also, not ideal. Our guest, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, who is beloved, and needed to be allowed to speak with the openness and respect that the show is all about, was interrupted. Do we debate with fire here? Yes. 
but we must also give each other the space to express ourselves. As the only original member of the six-year-old amazing daytime ride known as Outnumbered, I especially want to rock and roll with every voice and perspective at the table. We don't censor on this show, and that's why we're winning weekdays at noon. And back to me. So Glenn Beck says exactly the opposite. Glenn Beck says that he was actually told while he was an employee of Fox News that it is foreboding, as Newt Gingrich said, to speak about George Soros. I wonder why that is. I don't know. A lot of times what they do is they throw down the anti-Semitic stuff. If you mentioned George Soros, a Nazi capitulator, somebody who cooperated with the Nazis to confiscate Jewish people's property as a 14-year-old. He calls himself a child, but it was as a 14-year-old. So he knew what he was doing. But it's anti-Semitic or something. But they, they throw that down. But that's not the real reason why. The real reason why is, A, they think it's a conspiracy theory. Or or they're in lockstep with the Soros agenda. And or they're receiving th- Soros money. So is what Newt Gingrich said wrong? He said that. Remember what the initial commentator there, I don't, can't remember her name. But the initial commentator said that she was very concerned about the billions of dollars worth of damage. And all of these people being out of jobs because of... Black Lives Matter riots and Antifa riots that Christopher Ray says doesn't exist as organizations, but they do. She was very concerned about the people that have lost their lives, lost their businesses, lost billions of dollars. Very concerned about that. And Newt Gingrich simply replies that the reason being is that they didn't do what Lancaster did. What Lancaster did is there's a riot. They arrested everybody. They put $1 million uh, bonds on them and they couldn't even get out of jail. So they're all stuck there. That's what should have happened with everybody. But instead, what happens is you have Joe Biden campaign staffers sending thousands and thousands of campaign funds to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. You have Kamala Harris actively to this day has on her website advocating, asking people to espousing for people to give to the Minnesota Freedom Fund endlessly, endless Hollywood celebrities endorsing, sending millions and millions of dollars to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to bail out rioters, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, rioters, not protesters, rioters. So she was very concerned, the original commentator there, very concerned about all this. Then you had the libtard on there. Yeah, I agree, George Soros shouldn't be, be, be brought into the conversation. Of course not. You wouldn't want anybody to know. So then what Gingrich said was, is that George Soros has paid for the campaigns of all these district attorneys that are allowing all of these rioters right out of jail, right after they get arrested. Now, remember, being arrested doesn't mean you're even criminally charged. Most of the rioters are never even criminally charged. They're just let out to go and riot again. So here's the thing. Let's look and see if it's actually true. Now, I've, I've been compiling a list. As it comes up, I can see it coming from a mile away. You have Letitia James, who's a, who, who is a George Soros acolyte as a district attorney. She's in New York. She's not just a district attorney. She is the state attorney for New York, Letitia James. Where did she, how did she get elected? Soros money. She's the one currently suing the NRA, currently suing to get all of Trump's final, financial records. She, her campaign was bought and paid for by George Soros, Keisha Bottoms. She's from, she's the mayor of Atlanta, a George Soros acolyte. Kim Fox from Chicago, Juicy Smoo-Yay, 
Jesse Smollett case. She's the one who let him off after numerous, he committed numerous felonies, was charged with nothing because lo, lo and behold, there was Kim Fox ready, ready, willing, and able to let him ride off the hook because Soros funded her campaign. Kimberly Gardner, state attorney, district attorney in charge of what case? The McCloskey case, where you have the McCloskey simply standing in their front yard, simply standing in their front yard with firearms, one of which was a firearm prop. Didn't aim it at anybody, didn't do anything. Who's the only people that got charged up till very recently? The McCloskey's charged with numerous felonies. I, as a law enforcement officer, watched the video, and I don't know what crime they committed, but Kimberly Gardner, whose campaign was bought and paid for by George Soros, St. Louis, she decides that people that are defending their home are going to be charged with felonies. Diane Becton, Contra, Contra Costa, California, San Francisco, she's... She's bought and district attorney, bought and paid for by George Soros. Rachel Rollins, Boston, Suffolk County District Attorney, bought and paid for George Soros money. Larry Krasner, Philadelphia, District Attorney, campaign, bought and paid for by George Soros. These are all facts. And they're, listen, that's that's one of many. These are, this is all just one of, that's just the tip of the iceberg. George Soros has been doing this. So what you, what you have is you have George Soros funded rioting, funded riot, Antifa funded riot, all this different, they have all sorts of different shadow organizations. We go from one to the other, whether it's Act Blue, all the different organizations. I can't think of all of them right now, but they all funnel money to Black Lives Matter and, and Antifa. They all riot. And then when they're all allowed to wear masks too, so hardly any of them get caught. That's that's just coincidence, by the way. And once they do get caught, lo and behold, old Georgie's got a whole list of people that he bought and paid for their campaigns to let them right back out. Now, here's an interesting development that's gone on. This starts with moveon.org. I wonder who that is. Oh, it's George Soros. Has missed moveon.org. This is from Red State 98. Has moveon.org has missed all the purely left wing rioting, arson, murder, assault, and batteries on police and looting. In fact, MoveOn is partnering. Get this now. Here's the important parts. MoveOn.org, George Soros, is partnering with some of America's largest, get ready now, teachers unions to warn us all. Evidently, conservatives are the are the brutes. Therefore, the groups are forecasting possible right-wing violence. Again, let's, let's go over this. Name the last right-wing violent act you've seen. Ready? Go. Name it. Name the last right-wing riot that you've ever seen. Ready? Go. Oh, okay. But allegedly, I guess move on is very concerned. Therefore, the groups are forecasting pro- possible right-wing violence if Joe Biden wins in November. Rosa Parks. Now, here's the thing about Rosa Parks. I have a little side note here for, oh, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to do it. Dang it. I saw, I predicted Rosa Brooks, Rosa Brooks, Rosa Brooks, Rosa Brooks. Georgetown University law professor and co-founder. Now here's what the part you need to remember of the transition integrity project. They're not hiding it. 
Just go to Google. As much as I hate to even advocate for Google, go to DuckDuckGo, but they're corrupted too. Type in Transition Integrity Project. You'll find everything that I'm writing here and everything that I'm reading to you. Georgetown University law professor and co-founder Rosa Brooks wrote in her editorial that only a landslide for Joe Biden would lead to a relatively orderly transfer of power. Co-founder of the Transition Integrity Project. Now, I wonder where Rosa Brooks comes from. Well, let's look. Brooks is an operative of George Soros with ties to his Open Society Institute. This is from Revolver, going back decades. She served as special counsel to the president at the Open Society Institute in New York from 2006 to 2007. Brooks' deep connections to Soros have helped her successfully navigate the ranks of the Washington, D.C. elite. She was senior advisor to Assistant Secretary Harold Goh of the United States State Department. So there, she's talking about what only, only a Joe Biden win will lead to what she calls a relatively orderly transfer of power. Otherwise, fight back table... A consortium of MoveOn.org, George Soros, Color of Change, George Soros, and the American Federation of Teachers. All you parents out there, have you wondered why the NEA, the National Education Association, largest teachers union in the country, have you wondered why they are all protesting the openings of schools? When there's zero, kids are 7 to 20 times more likely to die of flu than COVID. But they don't care about the kids. They care about defeating Donald Trump. They care about ushering in the Democratic Party. They care about ushering in socialism. That's it. They don't care about your kids. They care about federal dollars going to their teachers' unions. They don't want to teach remotely. They don't want to teach in person, but yet they still want to get paid. I want my money back. Otherwise, the Fight Back Table, a consortium of Move On, Color of Change, and the American Federation of Teachers with involvement from the Transition Integrity Project has founded a a democracy defense nerve center to fight a red state revolt aimed at illegally keeping Trump in power. You get that Biden video for me where he makes the statement about Trump not leaving office? There you go. Play that for me. My comedy show, Biden, was far more serious. It's my greatest concern. My single greatest concern. This president's going to try to steal this election. Trump used that same language talking voter fraud fears in 2016. We don't want this election stolen from us. Trump's critics insisted those claims were unfounded. And four years later, Biden's worry involves doubts about mailed ballots. This is a guy who said that all mail-in ballots are fraudulent. And he's going so far to suggest that if Trump loses, he may not leave the White House willingly. You have so many rank-and-file military personnel saying, whoa, we're not a military state. This is not who we are. I promise you, I'm absolutely convinced they will escort him from the White House in a, in a, with great dispatch. Biden made a different... Back to what does great dispatch mean, first of all? But you see what they're propagating? They're actually putting it out there. This is just This is right from the Politburo. This is right from Russia propaganda. This is right from Joseph Goebbels from the Nazi party. Absolutely putting out propaganda. Remember, whatever the Democrats are accusing you of doing, they're doing right now. Whatever they're accusing you of, of possibly doing, they will do. 
That's what it's all about here. This is all about stealing an election. They're trying to take take the onus off of them, take the attention off of them, and falsely accuse Trump of if he loses that he's going to sit in the White House and refuse to leave. If he if he loses legitimately, Trump will be happy to leave. What has he got to lose? He goes back to his really difficult billionaire lifestyle back in Mar-a-Lago. That's going to be a tough spot. The National Post. The National Post editor-in-chief Raheem Kassam pulls up, has outlined the radical anti-democratic tactics of the Transition Integrity Project. That the, that the Transition Integrity Project is deploying to secure a fraudulent victory for Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden in the 2020 election. Remember, this is the national pulse. Look into it. Raheem Kassam. The Transition Integrity Project, which purports to be bipartisan, is run by individuals linked to leftist megadonor George Soros and the Chinese Communist Party-affiliated Bergram Institute. On August 3rd, the National Post published an article which explained an impending attempt to delegitimize the election coming from the far left and their corporate backers. What they're going to do is claim that Trump is stealing the election. Trump is going to refuse to leave office when it's exactly the opposite way. They will try to re- try to steal the election via all mail-in voting and then falsely try to claim the Oval Office. It's exactly the opposite. George Soros and the Bergram Institute, the Gates Foundation, what a surprise, and a handful of never-Trump operatives within the Republican Party created a front group called the Transition Integrity Project. The Transition Integrity Project recognizes and shares the view that the Electoral College is profoundly anti-democratic. And the numerous long-standing practices also function to create structural biases in our voting system. For present purposes, however, these constraints are treated as givens, according to the Transition Integrity Project. On page two of their document, they put, The concept of election night is no longer accurate and indeed is dangerous. This is the Gates, Soros, Democratic Party-funded Transition Integrity Project that says the concept of election night is no longer accurate and indeed dangerous. We face a period of contestation stretching from the first day a ballot is cast in mid-September until January 20th. The winner may not and we assess likely will not be known on election night as officials count mail-in ballots. This period of uncertainty provides opportunities for an unscrupulous candidate to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the process and set up an unprecedented assault on the outcome. When has Trump ever done anything like this? Never. Campaign Campaigns, parties, and the press, and the public must be educated to adjust expectations starting immediately. And of course, in lockstep with the demands of this Soros-run group, the media has parroted these lines over the past few days. Accuse Trump of doing precisely the thing they're trying to do, steal the election. Hawkfish, the DNC analytics firm, suggested Trump could win on election night in a landslide, but then have the vote reversed by cascades of mail-in ballots that would magically emerge over the next week. That's exactly what they're going to try to do. They're the ones that are always talking about postmarks don't matter. Just like they accused Trump of foreign collusion, which never, which 
which he never performed, and they themselves did. They're accusing Trump of trying to steal an election that they themselves are trying to steal. Their nonpartisan, this is all right out of the Goebbels handbook. Their nonpartisan report says that Trump is going to try to pardon everyone. This is actually people. I mean, if you look at, I'm trying to find what, where she's at. If you look at the credentials of Rosa Brooks, obviously the George Soros Act, she's, she is a professor at George Washington University. This is who's doing this stuff. Their nonpartisan report says Trump is going to pardon everyone around him, including himself. For what? What crime would he pardon himself for? And start a foreign war, destroy evidence, and disrupt any peaceful transition to power for the Democrats. Trump just got a 53% approval rating, which is four, point higher, four points higher than, than Barack Obama had at the same point in his re-election attempt. And while on page one, on page one, accusing Trump supporters of being violent, name it, name one violent Trump event, name it, can't. And with no evidence, they claim Trump supporters will even infiltrate left-wing peaceful protests to stage violence. I guess that's what the right wing's been doing with all these Antifa and Black Lives Matter protests where they're burning down every auto zone on the planet. I guess those are right-wing activists doing that. On pages 5 and 13, they demand social media and the established media try to stack decks against Trump in the aftermath of the, in the, aftermath of the election. The Transition Integrity Project warns about Trump supporters taking to the streets on page one and on the next demands, if there is a crisis, almost every strategy to protect, protect the democratic process is, is dependent on mass mobilization and in particular on people taking peacefully to the street in large numbers, potentially for an extended period. In an attempt, it's an attempt, they write, at a coup. And how do we know this? Because on page 10 of the Integrity Project, in one instant, Team Biden's strategy in anticipation of an ultimate loss will strengthen its hand in order to negotiate a package of structural reforms to the Democratic system, including making D.C. and Puerto Rico states, abolishing the Electoral College. What they're saying is, is that they will use leverage. If it comes out that on election night, nobody knows who won, They'll start negotiating. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll let you keep the Oval Office if you make Puerto Rico a state, if you make D.C. a state, and abolish the Electoral College. How would that benefit Democrats? Well, Puerto Rico is never going to get you get four more senators, which now that will put the Senate in Democrats' hands for life because there's not one Republican. Trump lost D.C. 92 to 8. They will never. That's a fact. In, the last, in 2016, 92% to 8. He won 8% of the vote in D.C. You will never have a, Demo, a, a Republican senator from, from D.C. You'll never have a Republican senator from, from Puerto Rico. That's their plans. Now, who else is behind this thing? Transition Integrity Project. No legitimate names. Yeah, there is. How about Stanley McChrystal? Ever heard of him? You can put his picture up. There he is. That's Stanley McChrystal. A new Democratic Aligned Political Action Committee. By retired Army General Stanley McChrystal, the former head of U.S. forces in Afghanistan, is planning to deploy technology originally developed to counter Islamic State propaganda in service of a domestic political goal to co combat online efforts to promote President Donald Trump's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. This is from the Washington Post, folks. This is not coming from a right-wing source. 
Stanley McChrystal, former head of the United States forces in Afghanistan, is doing this. The group called Defeat Disinfo will use artificial intelligence and network analysis to map discussion of the president's claims on social media. What about Biden's claims? It will seek to intervene by identifying the most popular counter narratives and boosting them through a network of more than 3.4 million influencers across the country. Stanley McChrystal. There's not one. Listen, that's, that's why everybody. It, we are in a place. We are in the midst of an ideological civil war. Everybody needs to mass migrate away from the purveyors of false knowledge away from the perpetrators of false knowledge, the propagators of false knowledge, of false idealism, of false facts. And I'm talking about the mainstream media and all, this is what they will, that was the Washington Post. The Washington Post sees nothing wrong with Army General Stanley McChrystal, former head of U.S. forces in Afghanistan, heading a group to cut off social media access to President Donald J. Trump. No problem with it whatsoever. They, I guess they have absolutely no problem whatsoever with the loss of free speech. Which brings up another interesting point. I've been trying to get to this story for a while. This is from Yahoo News. President Trump says that he has support of the troops, but not really the generals. Stanley McChrystal, right? President Trump said Monday, though this is, this is about 10 days ago, that he has the support of U.S. troops, if not necessarily their bosses in the Pentagon. I'm not saying the military is in love with me. The soldiers are, Trump said at a Labor Day press conference. The top people in the Pentagon, Pentagon probably aren't. The commander-in-chief continued because they want to do nothing but fight wars so that all those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everything else stay happy. But we're getting out of endless wars. Donald Trump Jr. put out this tweet in response to this. If you want to end the endless wars immediately, put a permanent moratorium on retired generals serving on the boards of defense contractors, which would be out of Afghanistan. We would be out of Afghanistan by Wednesday. Now, Michael Cernovich put out a bunch of response tweets to this in support of what Donald Trump Jr. says. You can put up the first one on Mattis. There you go. There you go. General Mattis, known Trump basher, Rejoining General Dynamics Board of Directors, a weapons manufacturer. Next one. Joseph Dunford, former Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair, joins Lockheed Martin Board of Directors. Next one. There's another picture put up there. Dunford gave Lockheed a crucial, Dunford gave Lockheed a crucial F-35B approval. Six years later, it gave him a job. I wonder why we have Stanley McChrystal as part of the Transition Integrity Project. Then you've got General Oderno. Retired Gen General Raymond Oderno joins Honeywell Board of Directors, another company that builds airplanes, bombs, and weapons. Now you got this. Now Colonel Rob Manis, put that one up there for me. He says this, not just enlisted, some of us, Officers have spoken truth to the higher ups because it's our people getting maimed and killed when endless wars because become policy. The generals don't take action, even though we told them why war is a racket. Somebody speaking up, put up the last pick of Mattis. Here's general Mattis, Jim Mattis, 
from BDW. Jim Mattis, the coup plotter, the Woodward book claims Mattis said, Bob Woodward's book, there may come a time when we have to take collective action against Trump. It's true. The country has been under attack since 2016, but not by Russians. There may come a time when we have to take collective action against Trump, says former Defense Secretary James Mattis. Woo! You get that video of Biden? Yeah, there you go. Put that on there. My friend, Dan, so my son. Not as a lot to me. I'm not going after your son. You're the it's all it's it's deep state stuff it's all these generals they retire they get these they get government contracts for honeywell for lockheed whatever it is and then what a shock after they retire they get jobs with the very companies they supplied government contracts for. Wow, what a surprise. And then come out and bash Trump. You have Mad Dog Mattis. Just a myth. Mad Dog Mattis, James Mattis, saying that we may need to take collective action against the president. All the while, but he got his director, his, his board of directors job back at General Dynamics, though, didn't he? What a shock. Just on the positive side, though, this is from September 8th, 235 retired military leaders publicly endorsed Trump in an open letter from this is from American Military News. In a new joint letter released Monday, 235 senior military leaders officially endorsed President Donald J. Trump's re-election. The letter, which was signed by eight four-star generals and admirals, 42 three-star generals and admirals goes on to call the 2020 presidential election the most important since the United States inception. And it names off threats such as socialism and Marxism and defense spending cuts as some of the most detrimental to American security and way of life. The Democrats' opposition to border security, their pledge to return to the disastrous Iran deal, their antagonism towards the police and planned cuts to military spending will leave the United States more vulnerable to foreign enemies. The letter reads. So Trump's got a lot of support too, but you have to watch the deep stake, the deep state warmongering generals that are in the Pentagon that bash Trump that come out afterwards and become part of the transition integrity project. Now there's been a lot of liberal lunacy, but I think this chick is the tip of the spear. Play it for me. You want to know why? Because the alternative is a fucking fascist. Uh, what, a fascist is warm. a fascist. Maybe we can have the conversation about dismantling the two-party system when a fascist isn't running. Let me put up Dinesh's response to it. Play that, keep playing that video. I, I had to think twice about whether to respond to the creature. 
and uh, I know I could be accused of body slamming a mental midget. Um, stupidity <laughs> is a bad quality, rage is a bad quality, but when you put the two together, it's downright toxic. One plus one really equals three. But the reason I want to do it is because this idea that Trump is a fascist is, of course, a pretty widespread belief on the left. So let's examine it for a minute. Fact number one, all the founders of fascism in every major country were leftists. This was true of England and France and Italy and Germany and Belgium and Spain. In France, for example, the founders of fascism, Marcel Diet, uh, a leftist, Jean Aleman, the grandfather of French socialism in England, Oswald Mosley, who was on the left wing, the far left wing of the British Labour Party, Mussolini, the founder of fascism in Italy, was a Marxist, and later when Mussolini was in Salo, his chief advisor, Nicola Bombacci, was the founder of the Italian Communist Party and a pretty good friend of Lenin. <laughs> Back to me. Number two. Uh, so whenever you hear Trump called a fascist, guess who's calling him a fascist? A fascist. Simple as that. This is Congressman Chip Roy out of Texas, and he's speaking on law enforcement deaths this year. Listen to what he has to say. I'd like for those sitting at home to focus in on this number 43. This number 43. You want to know what this number represents? This number represents the number of law enforcement officers that have been killed thus far in 2020. 43 law enforcement officers that have been killed thus far in 2020, over 40% more than in the same period in 2019. Eight categorized as premeditated murder. Two were a victim of unprovoked attacks. Eight fatal shots were fired at point blank range, zero to five feet from the officer. Eight shot in the front of the head, two from the back of the head, six in the neck, nine in the chest. This is 43 law enforcement officers that have lost their lives in 2020. Where's the NBA? Where is the NBA? Where's the Speaker of the House? That's what I want to know. Where is the Speaker of the House condemning 43 law enforcement officers who have been murdered? Are their names on the back of any jerseys? Or is that just for preening and posturing by the true privilege to play sports for a living? All right, back to me. So a 40% uptick in law enforcement deaths this year. When do you ever hear stats like that? Murder is up in the state of New York by over 25% this year. And that's while everybody's allegedly locked down, keeping themselves safe from the Rona. 40% uptick. And you saw 43 cops have been killed this year, murdered this year. That's murdered. Not ones that got run over while directing traffic. Murdered this year. 40% up. And Black Lives Matter and Antifa is also responsible for 32 people killed during rioting. Some of those law enforcement, some of those are included in the 43 that were lost. But a 40% uptick and it's September. It's the ninth month of the year. So that doesn't include September. We're only eight months in and we're 40% up. Now he asked this important question. Where is the NBA? Where is Nancy Pelosi? And I'll, I'll... I'll extend it even further. Where is the Democratic Party? First, we have to acknowledge this. They caused it. They're the ones who caused this. They're the ones who caused such an antagonistic relationship with the community, with law enforcement. They caused it by propagating false numbers. And I don't even put, I don't even want to give them that credit. 
They don't even put out numbers. When does LeBron James ever put out statistical data? When does Nancy Pelosi ever put out statistical data? Like I read earlier to you from the, from the FBI UCR statistical database where, where a black man, black, black victims of homicide are 90, 97% of the time are killed by other black people. So in 97% of black homicide cases, the black victim was killed by a black suspect. They never put any of that out. Never, not one time. So they never put it out. So what they do is endlessly put out their dribble like LeBron James does, where he says, you know, I'm scared. I'm scared to go out. I'm scared that as a white officer is eating his cereal in the morning, if that white officer just thinks, you know what, today's the day I'm going to go out and kill a black man. That's what LeBron James said. Based on what statistical data exactly, LeBron. So they made this happen. This is no different than when Hussein Obama was president and he caused the same thing. I, now I was still a cop then. I have never seen in my adult life until Barack Hussein Obama and the formation of Black Lives Matter, cops executed sitting in their cars. The two cops in L.A. County are lucky to be alive. They're both shot in the head by a person, man or woman, can't tell, walked up to their car and shot them both in the head, celebrated by people who were filming it at the time, celebrated by a Black Lives Matter leader in the community who partners with Mayor uh, Garcia, Garcetti, in their community and, and, and basically shaking down community businesses to Black Lives Matter demands. Eric Garcetti, mayor of Los Angeles, what a fool he is. They caused all this. They caused it. Secondly, what does the NBA and the Democratic Party really think? What do they really think? What they really think is the cops are getting what they deserve. That's what they think. That's what they really think. Or they're just too cow. They may not. Some of them think that for sure. That's what LeBron thinks. If LeBron's going to falsely accuse law enforcement officers, then he can, he can say I'm falsely accusing him right now. Fine. This is what they really think. They're getting what they deserve. I played a video of a Black Lives Matter uh, leader. He's not, a, he's not officially uh, a part of their organization, but you can definitely tell where he stands. But he absolutely said it was a time to celebrate. And then again, this is somebody who meets regularly with the LA mayor, Eric Garcetti. But they, what they think is the cops are really, this is justified. The cops are getting their just desserts. That's, that's what, or either that, or they're just afraid to speak up because once again, of political expediency, speaking of the greatest of all politically expedient political prostitutes of all time. You have Kamala Harris. I just, I got a couple of her ads and I just think that again, it's the oddest campaign I have ever seen in my life. I have never seen anything like this. And listen, Hillary's was weird enough with her, you know, basically being dragged off into cars as she passes out. But this is the oddest campaign ever. Play that first video for me. This is her getting off the plane. I mean, I mean, Listen, I mean, who, who does this and freeze it right here. Freeze it as quick as you can right there. Now I want you to see all the, all the bodyguards around her. All these are all armed men. They're cops or they're secret service agents all around her. And she doesn't want you to have 
any of this. Look at her. She looks like some sort of diva queen. Look at all these people. How many people do you need? I mean, look at all of them. It's truly incredible. Opening the door for her, getting in. Look at all the guns around this woman. And you know what she wants for you? No guns for you. Nothing for you. Not one thing for you. No, no wall, no security, but she's surrounded by it. Man, there was 10 people there. At least 10 that you could see opening a door for her, loving every minute about it. She prances about in her just liberal aristocracy grace. She just prances about with all the guns around her. Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) (laughs) That's the Camilla cackle. It's the KK. The Camilla cackle. That's what she does. Here's the other video from her. I mean, who does this? All masked up. Everybody's masked Thank up. Thank you for coming. You know, I know you're tired. I know you're all out. Oh, no. Mask up a little bit more. Everybody's wearing a mask. Oh, yeah, the elbow. There you go. Propa- more propaganda. You bring it back to me. I can't bear anymore. <laughs> uh, my much younger 25-year-old tech guy and worship leader just told me that she's wearing those tennis shoes, I guess, to look more relatable when she was getting off the plane. But here's the thing that's funny about this. And just so you know, if you're somebody, understand who you're in partnership if you're wearing a mask, who you're in partnership with. You're in partnership with Kamala Harris. You're in partnership with the Democratic Party. No, Tom, I'm trying to save grandma's life. You're not doing anything to save grandma's life by wearing a mask. You're doing absolutely nothing. You're just proving to them that you are controllable because that's all that wearing a mask is about. But it's the weirdest election. I mean, the elbow stuff, it's just the endless COVID propaganda. It absolutely is so nauseating. I can't even watch it. I mean, I'm forced to watch it because I have to come up with material, but I mean, it's absolutely unwatchable. How anybody could not see the fraudulent nature of all of this COVID response is absolutely beyond me. This is from the blaze from 812. Speaking of Ilhan Omar, once again, the media has failed to carry out even the most cursory investigation when it comes to allegations against representative out of Minnesota, Ilhan Omar. But the investigative journalist, David Steinberg has been piercing piecing, sorry, piecing together 32 new verifiable archive pieces of evidence, which indicate Omar conducted the most extensive spree of state and federal felonies by an elected elected congressperson in U.S. history. It's over, Steinberg told Glenn. There's really nothing left. It's all the publicly available documentation that anyone would need to be convinced that for eight years, Omar married her brother to commit immigration fraud. And this marriage fraud also was in the service of education fraud and student loan fraud. And along the line, we have evidence that she filed at least two years of fraudulent tax returns, possibly eight years of fraudulent tax returns. We have evidence that she perjured herself eight times during her 2017 divorce from this man, her brother. And along the way, of course, we know she was living in public housing. We also know she was likely receiving subsidized childcare. If that was a Republican, what would be happening right now? 
She'd be, she'd be removed from Congress. She'd have to resign because of the media attention. What do you hear from the media? Crickets. This is a woman who married her brother to come into the United States and has been elected to Congress. Unbelievable. The corruption is truly unbelievable. But speaking of galactic corruption, you know, Dinesh D'Souza said basically that Joe, Joe Biden is just not capable of being president. But what he has proven to be very capable of is galactic, galactic corruption. Now here, I'm going to start this off with this video coming out of China. Now, I've documented a couple times, and I, I don't know how far deep I'll get into it tonight, with all of you. you got Frank Biden, James Biden, all of the Biden clan, follow Joe around and get all sorts of lucrative deals. But let's just focus on, let's focus on Hunter tonight. There's a part of it you probably know, but the second part you may not know because it's a much older video. Play the first one for me. to raise uh, our glass and a toast to many more generations of friendship and peace. Hunter Biden began meeting with Chinese government officials at the highest levels of power. He had no background in China, little background in finance. Hunter's previous job had been as a lobbyist for an online gambling company located in Europe. But now, doors were opening to Hunter in China. Often, Hunter's meetings coincided almost directly with his father's high-level diplomacy with Chinese leaders. In April 2010, for example, Vice President Joe Biden met with the Chinese president at the Nuclear Security Summit in Washington, D.C. But at virtually the same time, halfway around the world, Hunter Biden was in China, meeting with government officials looking for financial deals. Who exactly was Hunter Biden meeting with? Only some of the most powerful finance officials in China. Hunter spent two days meeting with the top executives from China's sovereign wealth fund, social security fund, and largest banks. Hunter even posed with them for a series of pictures. So how did Hunter get these meetings? One Chinese website's account of the meeting touted that Chinese officials extended their warm welcome to Hunter Biden, quote, second son of the now vice president, Joe Biden. All right, back to me. Now, that's, that's now most of us know about I didn't even get into the Ukraine stuff tonight, but obviously with Burisma in Ukraine, while Joe Biden was the point man for Ukraine, Hunter Biden got a job paying him $53,000 a month and $3 million overall to his firm for working, being on the board, which he never even went to Ukraine, that it's been proven that he even went there for any board meetings whatsoever. On the board of Burisma, $53,000 a month, $3 million to his firm. He had, Burisma is what? An oil and gas company. And Hunter Biden has what sort of expertise in oil and gas? And then, of course, you've got the world-famous video of Joe Biden getting Victor Shokin fired. He was the prosecutor that was investigating Burisma. And lo and behold, 
where Hunter Biden's on the board. Joe Biden gets the prosecutor fired from the board of Burisma. We all know that part. But here's an older story. This is right out of law school. Hunter Biden gets a job with a credit card company. Play that video for me. Biden's candidacy also is bringing new scrutiny to his family's business dealings, especially those of his son, Hunter, who is 38 years old. And that's a reference to uh, your son being hired right out of law school by a big company here in uh, Delaware that is in the credit card business, MBNA. He got about $100,000 a year, as I recall. Uh, You received $214,000 in campaign contributions from the company and from its employees. Uh, At the same time, you were fighting for a bankruptcy bill that uh, MBNA really wanted to get passed through the Senate, making it much tougher for everyone to file bankruptcy. Uh, Senator Obama was opposed to the bill. Among other things, uh, you couldn't, in fact, claim that you had a problem because of big medical bills. Uh, You voted against uh, an amendment that would call uh, for a warning on predatory lending. Um, You also called for, um, you opposed efforts to strengthen the protection of people in bankruptcy. This has been an issue that you've heard about before. Your son was working for the company at the same time. In retrospect, wasn't it inappropriate for someone like you in the middle of all this to have your son collecting money from this big credit card company while you were on the floor protecting its interests? Absolutely not. My son graduated (laughs) from Yale Law. You just can't get any more corrupt than Joseph Biden. You just can't. There's just nothing else to say but that. Now to finish out tonight, I've got to play this video for you one more time. I hope it's the right one. Hit it. I love everybody. Listen, tomorrow, 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. If you're anywhere near me, come to church tomorrow, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. This is the real church. We preach the Bible, preach hellfire and brimstone, preach repentance, preach judgment, preach the blessings of God, the healing of God. God wants you well. We preach prosperity. In other words, we we preach the Bible. So be here tomorrow. We have two service times. 9 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. Be here. We will find room for you. Google us. Map quest us. Find out how far we are away from you. If you're within an hour or two, drive here. Let's be together. If you're going to a church that demands that you make a reservation, that demands that you register, that demands that you social distance, that demands that you wear a mask, that defogs the church after the service, that changes seat covers. You have to bring in your own seat. You have to social distance. Wrong church, wrong pastor. Get the heck out of that church. You don't belong there. Go to a church that preaches the word. The only COVID church you should ever go to 
If they closed, is a church where they said, you know what? We were wrong. We repent. You go back to that church. That's, that's Jesus-style repentance. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Go to that church. That's fine. But if you're going to a church where they're just a bunch of status capitulators, get the heck out of there. They, listen, get that. You, if it means drive, drive. Drive. Don't go to a church that's going to indoctrinate you into their statism, into their capitulation, to covetology. Get out of there. Don't go. Find another church. 3385 South Access Road. I've never talked like this before until this time. Until this whole COVID thing started, I never tried to just tell people, get out of your churches. I'm saying it now. It's radical times. I'm not I'm radical times. I'm done with the NFL, done with MLB. If I was, if I, my kids were still in school, I'd be done with the school system. Done. It's time for radical action. Don't go to a weak, non-Bible-based, mask-wearing, social distancing church. Don't go. Get out of there. They're not biblical. That's a fact in Jesus' name. Join with me tomorrow. If you're anywhere near Tampa, go to the River Church. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown took the pinch. For all the pastors in Florida, in my opinion, all the pastors in America, which he, by him taking the pinch, Ron DeSantis came in, deemed churches to be essential, and there were still goober pastors that tried to put together a, a petition to deem churches not essential. But he took the pinch. We, if your pastor in Florida, if they tell you the government wouldn't allow us to open, they're lying. They're absolutely lying. And if they tell you the government makes a social distance and, and take reservations and reservations, they're lying again. Never should have closed. Never should have locked down. I never did. Never thought about it. Nothing. I've never worn gloves. I've never worn masks. I've never extra cleaned the church. Nothing. Join us tomorrow, 3385 South Access Road. We'll find a spot for you. If not, if you're too far away, you're living in another state or too far away in Florida, find the church that stayed open and drive there. Drive there. Don't go to some weak-kneed, ankle-grabbing pastor church. Don't go there. Amen? Amen. Join with me. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Revive the church in America, we pray. Revive us to the word of God, we pray. Revive us to the spirit of God, we pray. Lord, we receive your courage and we vow to you, Lord, that we are free and we will not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen and amen. Listen, I love you guys. God bless you. Like and share this video. Get it out to as many people as you possibly can. People need to know the truth. I love you guys. God bless you.